Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good, what is it, oh, Friday morning. Come on, Amy, you oh, know what it is, come on. I'm dropping mic flag. I, uh, Amy Jacobson here, Ray Stevens, Ramblin' Ray. Hey, hey, I said uh, on Twitter just moments ago, I said I'm going to be on WIND, AM560, The Answer, uh-huh. from whenever Amy gets here till 9 o'clock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, well, the Bears won, snapping a 14-game losing streak, and they did it for Butkus. You know. Dick Butkus, Chicago's very own. He went to um, CVS, vocational. I always get that wrong. He, uh. CVC. Gosh, the, one on, uh, the one on South Southside, all boys' school. And married they, his high school sweetheart, was oh. married to her for 60 years. Had a great, I mean, what a career. You know, you go from being Dick Buckus, the, you know, the guy, that one of the most vaunted men in, in NFL defensive history, to having a really cool, uh, you know, career. He had a comedic career. He then went on to the NFL today in some capacity. Yeah, he was in Two and a Half Men. I've Remember got, that? He would star on that show. And here here he was back in 2016. Oh, I'm sorry, 2019. Can we start this show over? Um, when he won an award at University of Illinois. Uh, it's very a humbling deal. And, you know, and you wonder, you know, why, man? You know, I, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I, you know, I, I had fun knocking the out of people, you know, so... So if it was that unusual, I guess you, you take it, you know. Yeah, middle linebacker for the Bears from 1965 to 1973. And, Never and, played for another team but Chicago. And, and it was something at the end of his career. They used to they used to shoot him up his knees. They would inject him. And I was just a little boy, so I couldn't quite understand what was going on. But you know, you live in Chicago. Your dad's a Bear fan, and they're like, "Oh, they're just going to give him some more shots in his knees and push him back out there." And I think that really that really kind of messed him up because. He walked around with a limp, and I, oh, yeah. I tell you what. Th- now, what's your Dick Buck? And, and anyone else who has a Dick Buck story, 312-642-5600. You can also text us all morning long. 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. So when I'm a privileged white kid, still am. Oh, yeah, growing up in Aurora? Well, no, I'm, not, I'm not sure what I identify as I don't as think today. that's privilege. Well, Winfield. Winfield. I, I grew up in Winfield, went to West Chicago High School. Okay. But when I was uh, just a little guy. We had the Winfield Giants 75-pound football team. And my coach was a guy named Bill Bishop. And Bill played eight years with the Chicago Bears, and then he played two years with the Minnesota Vikings with, with just legendary guys. And he came back to coach the Pee Wee League? Came back to coach. Or we used to call it midget football. Yeah. That's, remember? Well, that's what it was called, Mount Amy. Prospect you know, at, at, midget at, football. At 521-45, you're already taking us off into the weeds. 
Guys, are we going to work like this all day? Am I going to work oh like this? You just reminded me of John Howell. Oh. Wow. Anyway. Yes, sir. No, I, the difference between me and John is I'm working. Um, oh. <laughs> let that one sink in for a while. Haven't been able to say that for a while, but I'm uh. back, baby. KCMO in Kansas City every day, every midday, by the way. So listen to this. So yes. I'm just a little guy. I, I don't know what grade I'm in, but I'm I'm little. And I'm, you know. And you still are. But I'm buck. Oh, oh. So we're down in the tunnel because Bill Bishop would take all the kids down in the tunnel for a football game. That's awesome. And we just watched the Patriots kick the crap out of the Bears. And Dick Buckus comes walking off the field, and I'm standing there. It's almost going to be like this mean Joe Green. Thing. Yeah, like he hands you yeah. a Coke. Yeah, you know, and he's going to love me. And, and Dick Buckus and I are going to become friends, and I'm going to leave my family. And uh, I'm standing <laughs> gonna, there. He's going to adopt me. I'm standing there with this little football that my dad bought me that said yeah. Chicago Bears on it. You know, the one, it's, it's brown and it's white. Yeah. My dad's got a Sharpie. He's like, kid. My dad goes, hey, Stace. That's what my nickname was. Hey, Stace, go get Dick Buckus' autograph. Here he comes. Dick Buckus comes ambling into the tunnel. He's not happy. He's limping. He's got blood all over him. I go, Mr. Buckus, can I have your autograph? He takes his hand, and he moves me out of the way. I bet you I flew 25 feet. He moved you out of the way? Oh, he threw me down. Oh, right. I thought this was going to be a cute little it's nice story. It's a great story. story. He didn't sign your football? It's a great story. If he would have walked by and said, no, I'm not giving you my autograph, I would have never been able to tell the story to remember all these years later that he hit me. I got hit by Dick Buckus. As a 75-pound kid, probably in third grade, you know, think I'm a, think I'm a little tough guy, think I'm a little badass, <laughs> throws me on the ground. I never get my autograph. Some years later, I'm with uh, US-99 when I was working there, and they're opening Soldier Field. They're reopening it. Oh, when, and, yeah, and I, they turned it into a spaceship. Amy, I somehow— I remember it well. I somehow get myself past the velvet ropes because, you know, I'll, I'll work. I'm not afraid. Yeah, it's like the southern border. Just do it until they tell you no. It's like the southern border. Yeah. If they're going to let me in, I'm going to go past the gate. You know, yeah. I was a god away that night. So I go I... down there, and uh, and it's a Monday night game. All the 85 Bears are there. Buckus is there. And uh, I'm I'm walking out onto the field with the 85 Super Bowl Bears. I should not have been there. I snuck out there. Kevin Butler just said, come out with us. Nobody will care. Yeah. So on the Telestrator. You kind of look like Kevin Butler. <laughs> on the t- I get that a lot. On the Telestrator, uh, John Madden. Is going, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Dan Hampton. That's uh, I don't know who that guy is. And they circled me. And my dad was watching. And, and my dad is, you know, just cell phones that just, you know, I just come out. Dad's calling me. He's like, Jesus. He's like, you're on you're on TV. Madden's got you circled with the telestrator. And I'm dying because for a kid from the burbs in Chicago, you never think this stuff is going to happen. That's so, so awesome. So after that, I walk yeah. off the field, and there's Dick Buckus. And he's and standing there. And I walked down. over to him, and I said, Mr. Buckus, I got a story for you. He goes, I know who you are, kid. You tell that story on US 99 all the time. I never pushed you down. I go, yeah, you did. And he goes, well, if I did, I'm sorry. I said, don't apologize. I go, I won't have the story anymore. (laughs) I just died. It was was so, you know, everybody was like, I can't believe Dick Buckus threw you down. And now that I look at it, I'm like, it's the coolest thing ever. And he was still in pads just coming fresh off the field. You know what it did? It got me ready for radio. Yeah. It didn't turn me into a little snowflake. Today, somebody would have sued him. Exactly. Oh my God. Well, he died at 80 years old. What a way to go. Yeah. He died in his sleep. You know what? The only thing better than that is to probably live to be, you know, into your 90s and get shot by a jealous husband. <laughs> Mike Scott, you, you did sports for a long time. What's your uh, favorite Dick Buckus story? Really only met him twice. Only uh, in a cursory fashion, just shaking hands up at Hallis Hall. 
when I covered the Bears full-time. Um, not, really don't have any Butkus stories other than he was, he was nice. He was always good with uh, the reporters. Uh, I remember Dick Buckus because I didn't grow up here. Oh, I remember right. Dick Buckus uh, as, as a television and movie actor. Right on, yeah. That's what I. That's the Dick Buckus I remember. I played a clip of uh, the television show Blue Thunder at the top of the hour at five. He and Bubba Smith, uh, you know, cycled their Miller Lite fame into a television series. Blue Thunder was an awful television series. It was awful. Well, I don't even remember what what network was. The I have Blue no Thunder idea. On. I have oh, no oh, idea. I, I got the clip. Can uh, you it's... play it? Yeah, First? I can yeah, play it. Fire sure. it up. I want to hear this. Hold on. I shouldn't be listening. Best thing. Best yes, you thing should is... be listening. Here, yeah. uh, Bubba Smith okay. and Dick Buckus. Buckus still intimidating on television. Here you go. That thingamajig is a computerized databank system. Look. You know the brass that they're going to have out there this morning? Senators and admirals, generals, and I don't know what all. And I'm going to get us there on time. And if you don't like it, you can stick it in your computerized data bank system. Mean. A man is just plain mean. He was he was intimidating in real life. He was intimidating on television. But yet he played the softest of soft characters in the show with uh, Paul Reiser and Greg Evigan. In my two dads, um, the the kids from that show are, are live near Butkus on the west coast in Malibu. They're just in tears this morning. This guy just embraced those little kids on that television show. He was the diner owner, Ed Klawicki, um, on my two dads. Um, but you know, he was in at any given Sunday. He was in just a string of shows, and you know, I played a clip at the top of the hour. He. He he loves coming back to visit Chicago, yep. but he loves going back home to Malibu. Oh, I know. I, I know that I made a mistake. I said he was in uh, Two and a Half Men. He was in My, <laughs> he was in my Two Dads, <laughs> not Two right. and a Half Men. Was, That's all right. Amy. He may have he been was, in My Two and a Half Men. I don't know because you know Kutcher was such uh, a Bears fan. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But you know, for for I'm right at the age where I was a you know a Singletary guy. Yeah. You know, my dad was a was a. Buckus guy, but yeah. you know, still, you you knew. I mean, everybody wanted to play the game like that guy did. I mean, ridiculous. Singletary of, was locked in, man. His yeah. eyes, like you could just tell. But you think of him, you think of Ray Nitschke, you think about the, oh, the days of old, and the, you know, the guys when they would bleed on the sidelines and they didn't go into the blue tent, and men were men, and it was cool. Bill uh-huh. Curry used to talk about. He was the center for the Colts. He used to talk about how when Butkus would cause a turnover, and Butkus caused turnovers. Middle linebackers didn't cause turnovers at that time. Buckus had 22 interceptions on his on his career. Nobody nobody did that. He redefined the position, just like later on in life, Erlacher redefined the position. Buckus redefined the position. That's why he's in the hole. Yeah. Um, but uh, he would cause a fumble by the running back and just hit him with that high tackle. He hit him high. He hit everybody high and body slammed him. Ball would come out. The offense would recover it. Butkus would run over, and Curry tells the story he did it multiple times. He would grab the ball, go up to the official, shake the ball in his face, and say, this belongs to me. I caused this turnover. (laughs) And they would reverse the call and give it to the Bears. Back when the NFL was strong. Uh, that University. was back when they didn't have they didn't have uh, you know love wins on the back of the helmet. No. Oh, or hate has no home here. Yeah, uh, University of Illinois because you know he's a famous alum there. They're asking people to leave flowers by his statue on campus. Do you think the kids at U of I 
Oh, he's Dick Buckus Dick, is. Dick Buckus is just a toxic male to the kids. Are you kidding? Oh, my Ooh, God. he's scary. The Blackhawks paused on him yesterday before their game, and then Brandon Johnson offered his condolences. <laughs> Calling Buckus. Did, 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 I can't even read it because it's so burdensome to did, be mayor. Did Brandon Johnson get permission from his wife to do this? I don't, well, here, here's what it says. A son of Chicago who embodied the strength and tenacity of his hometown with every snap he played on the gridiron. Oh, goodness. Somebody wrote that for him. You, you think? Because I don't wow. think uh, Brandon Johnson knows who This guy probably knows a teacher or two. Oh, that's right. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Morning Answer on AM 560. The Answer. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. We have a moral conundrum, which we'll get to in one second. First, I want to tell you everything, you know, nothing's safe anymore. Not even congressmen are safe. Henry Quillar. You know what? I'm, I, How I'm, do you say it? I say Quillar. Quill. 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 Queller, but two L's is a Y in Spanish. But I, but I went to I went to West Chicago High School with a Hispanic kid named Tom Queller, and that's oh. how I pronounced his name. That's what I'm going to go on. Old Tommy that's what Queller. you're going with. Yeah. All right. He got a car, Jake. Don't you and, know? And Tommy still has his car. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, coming into my place. Uh, three guys uh, came out of uh, nowhere and they pointed guns uh, at me. I do have a black belt, but I uh, recognize when you got three. Uh, Three guns. Yeah, I looked at one with a gun, another one with a gun, a third one behind me. Uh, so they said they wanted my car. I said, sure, you got to keep calm in those situations. And then they took off. They uh, recovered the car. They recovered everything. What really got me upset was they took my sushi. But oh, anyway, no. that's something else. Uh, and they did recover the sushi after all. But anyway, uh, they. Uh, I do want to thank the uh, Capitol Police, and I certainly want to thank the uh, Metro Police. Uh, I'm a big law enforcement person. I got three brothers in law enforcement, so I certainly appreciate the uh, the good work that the police did last night. Everything was recovered. You know what I hear when I hear him talk? Just big city living, just happens. Yeah. He's not doesn't seem upset at all, right? You know, you know that he got carjacked. When that happens, the first thing you do is you, you, you know what you do is you blame you blame the left because you caused this. You're soft on crime, all your policies and your Soros funded DAs. Come on now. So am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? You're doing it okay, right. Okay, just check it. <laughs> I know. But did he eat the sushi? All right, so then that asked, you know, prompted Peter Ducey, White House correspondent, to ask, you know, is, does the president feel safe here? If President Biden's policies are helping bring crime down, would he be comfortable 
with somebody borrowing his Corvette and parking it on the street overnight in Southeast DC? I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. I'm just going to get into the facts about what this president has done in this presidency. I mean, she's just... You know, I'd like to know who does her makeup because somebody at Ulta is spending a lot of money to put that stuff on. That that makeup, and, and God bless women that have to put the makeup on. Amy's been doing it for the better part of a half hour. Thank you. Yeah, But, but your makeup looks good. Hers looks like it was put on by somebody working in Ringling Brothers. I mean, my goodness, they pile that stuff on. So the question is, all right, so we're bringing this up because... Two day, two mornings ago, I was coming into work, and I called nine one one because, and I'm I don't know why I'm laughing. This is not a funny story. We trying to I'm do dr- get a hold of JB. No, I'm driving down the street, and one of my neighbors left his top down on his convertible, and there were two black dudes and a white dude taking whatever the heck they wanted. Yeah. I mean, they were working it, and I, and I kind of did a slow roll, and then I thought, oh, I'm like getting shot over this, so I, I called nine one one. I want a little bit like this. 911, what's your emergency? I said, well, not that you care or that you can help, but I'm just letting you know that on the 3800 block of blah, 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 um, there's three guys, and she's like, are they armed? Are, are they intoxicated? I said, I don't know. I don't know. But, and you said he deserved it. This is Pat, uh, Pat Quinn. No, this is uh, uh, Quinn. Yeah. McCarthy. Yeah, I don't even work here, and I know the I cast. Deserves the word, but uh, you when you said that the that when you were like to the cops, like, well, I know you're not going to show up. It's like, well, I mean, the guy left his top down. It's like See, a lot, a lot rests on the guy that left his top down. But not all of us have garages to park our car in, and I think that well, not all of us have convertibles. You're, you're blaming the yeah, girl for you wearing have, the short skirt. If you have skirt. a convertible, you should know to put the top up when you park it on a city street. I mean, and, this is a, the truth from, I mean, from since I was a kid. You you lock up your bike. You, you Stupidity on one part does not constitute an emergency yeah. on the other. This well, you grew like up in the mean streets thing. of Rogers Park, right? Uh, uptown. So you, uptown. Uptown. Oh, Thank see, up, yeah. that's uh-huh. even scarier. Yeah. I don't have friends in Uptown, but I'm friends <laughs> with you, and now I'm scared. I'm going to go take a shower. Um, but you, I just felt like you're victim shaming a little bit. Yeah, you should be shamed. You should know better. Oh, my God. Justin, and Justin, you were right on board Absolutely. with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's right on. What about, what about uh, put, to, put aside the robbery, what about weather elements? What if it started pouring? He's an idiot. Here's a, here's a th- and here's the other thing, too. No real man drives a convertible. You drive a Ford F-150 or a 250. Oh, my God. Preferably diesel. You haven't had your midlife crisis yet, huh? Who, me? <laughs> oh, no, man, I've had, had a bunch of them. He's had two yeah. of them so yeah. far. Yeah, no, I've given away a bunch of houses. <laughs> But I did pick you up this morning in your F-150. You did. You did pick me up because I, I thought the door was locked coming up to the building. So, you know, and it can't get a hold of any of you guys. The phones are all on hold, you know, because you're so busy. Um, <laughs> They're but, very uh, important people. But, but I'm, I'm waiting for Amy, and here she pulls up in that mom minivan, and I'm like, hey, hot car. <laughs> Got any kids in the back? Like, jump in yeah. the car. You want to yeah. ride and I'm some like, candy? I'm like, hey, hey, hot lady. Hey, hot blonde <laughs> in the minivan. You get in there, and it immediately smells like 14-year-old girls. Uh- yeah, because you're, cause you're a coach, right? You're a volleyball coach? Yeah, but I can't drive them. Oh, well, that stink but, must stay with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, real men they drive F-150s. They're no. making electric ones now, too, I, I, by the way. Oh, oh they're yeah. awful. Oh, oh, my God. Now, when you park your F-150 on a city street, do you lock the doors? Why would I park it on a city street? Oh, that's well, because you're doing a show question. now, and you go, you drive downtown, right? Yeah, I drive downtown. So, Wait, Ray, can you, uh, is it, has the ordinance changed? Can you 
park a pickup on a city street in the city of Chicago? I have a uh, yeah, you can. I have a special. Are you sure? Plate. It's it's boulevards that have rules about trucks. boulevards. Yeah, that yeah have if rules you have a, about it depends. the city guy, a, a huh? B truck, a, a B plate has a, has a hard time going on like Lakeshore Drive and things like that. Right. But uh, I I have a uh, a couple friends in town that helped me get a specialty plate. One of those cool plates. I've only got like I've got my my plate is an R. That's it. There's an R on it. That's it. Because I know a couple, two, three people. Oh my god! And uh, and I got so this that, that lets me. It is. It's a great. You know, Chicago's a city that works for some, and I'm one of them. <laughs> oh my god! I know you're getting on the field, <laughs> the Bears game. Oh man, you I had a your good... vanity plate. You know what? I think that's probably why I was out of work so long. People were pissed at me. They're like, let uh-huh. this guy sit out for a while, little scumbag. <laughs> well, so then when I drove back, so to go full circle on the story. So when I was done working, I wanted to do a follow up and uh-huh. see what happened, and the car was gone. Because they probably hotwired it. <laughs> it was probably it a was Kia. It was not parked down the street anymore. It was probably anymore. a Kia. Can't you start those with was, your, your phone or something? It was one of those little toy cars. Yeah. So I don't even know if it had a roof. Power wheels? No, it would look like a... <laughs> like a Mazda Miata. Really tiny converter. really tiny. Uh, 312-642-5600 is our turnkey.pro answer line. Let's go to Joe in Elmhurst. Good morning. Amy, I'm supporting you 100% on this convertible thing because so many people I know that have convertibles... Never lock them or put the tops up because what happens when someone wants to steal it? They cut the top and cause a thousand dollars worth of damage. So you're right on, Amy. Oh, okay. I never heard about that. They cut the top. Well, but... we're we're not endorsing them cutting the top. We're we're saying if you leave it open and they ransack your car, you shouldn't even have left the stuff there. If you're going to complain that they took your stuff. Well, in you Utah, know? we have a truck where you have the doors off, and there's no obviously the t tops are off. Nobody messes with you. Yeah, because you, people look out for one another. Right, but, but in Utah, you're not talking it's about heaven. it's it's what, different because it's a bunch Salt of Lake Republicans. City? Are you talking about like in the city? We're talking about the mean streets of St. George. Yeah, okay. Now, yeah. Um, crime rate's not too high, and the homeless people you cannot panhandle. By the way, on the streets of St. George or Hurricane, they, how'd you find that out? Because uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> supplementing my income. The problem with Utah though is no. if you leave your car open, somebody puts another kid in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, real quick. If you're, I'm telling you guys, if you'll just give me the spot, I'll take it home. I promise you. <laughs> what, if Was you that start, a snork? If you start, you ever snork when Dan's here? Uh, yes. Okay. She started snorting when John was here, and she's never stopped. Okay. Yes. I, okay. I snorted my whole life. I, I honestly, I can't. Amy Jacobson snorts. Yes. <laughs> she John shouldn't Kitty. be around kids. Uh, so if somebody's panhandling, they they swoop them. <laughs> they don't swoop them up. I don't know how they get them into the car, but they take them to this place. <laughs> <laughs> and then they become Mormons. <laughs> no, they have this great system. <laughs> I thought you were serious. <laughs> uh, uh. They have a great system in place. Oh, no, I can't get the giggles. <clears throat> they have a great system in place where then they'll help you work. So it's a shelter. You, you live there for free. They'll watch your dog. If you have to go to work, somebody will walk your dog for you. If you have kids, they've got daycare for your children. I mean, it's actually a, a system that works because St. George is beautiful. And people would be there year-round like they are in Los Angeles, like they are in Tucson. I mean, Tucson, we had a whole park right by our station at KOLD that we couldn't go to on our lunch breaks or walk around to get some fresh air because it was infested with homeless people. And they take dumps and piss in the water fountain. Hey, you know what? So there's, there's a certain bit of freedom to that. To you know? what? <laughs> Will you stop? Well, now, tell me about St. George, Utah. Is that where you... That's got, my end game. You've got a little, you got a little uh, summer home out there. A little, a little shanty, a little, little something. Yeah, a little shack. Yeah. A little two bedroom, we, we like, a there, wheel, like a fifth wheel, like a fifth wheel camper. During 
COVID, COVID. Yeah. because all the all the gyms are closed. They, we couldn't go to the lakefront. Mm-hmm. We couldn't go to the park. You couldn't walk around. But you could go to a press conference and hassle the governor. Yeah, you're darn right I did that. Or, <laughs> or you can go to, you know, kids couldn't play football, but you know what you could do? Riot on the streets of Chicago for three nights straight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody could be together. Then all of a sudden, all the rules were broken. It's, it's interesting. You go downtown, um, and I know th- this uh, this radio station, Chicago radio station, but beautiful facilities in Elk Grove Village. I mean, it's fantastic. You go down to Chicago, and every intersection looks like somebody just burned their tires off their car from the street takeover. You know? It's so sad what has happened And, to and I want to know why and when did it become legal that you could get on the shoulder, go 80 miles an hour, throw your hazard lights on, and, and it's cool. I know. I mean, these folks, they're crazy. They don't do it. But do you go downtown? I mean, I yeah. know you live in the city. Huh? Where and why do you go downtown? Uh, it depends. Uh, catch a show. I, I've got a few concerts downtown, and uh, my wife works downtown. Well, don't uh, you worry about her safety? Well, we she doesn't take the train anymore. Uh, she'll, she'll drive to work now. Because of the crime on the CTA? Yeah. The, well, the, the, during COVID, those like people were living on the trains, and, and then uh, – it was kind of like, I like you, there's the only COVID. one way to find out if it's safe or not, and it's like, why risk it? Just, yeah. just drive. Plus, just a year for years, I worked downtown, took the train. It's, it's no fun. Even before we're talking, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, yeah. it was no fun taking the train at night. You know, but hey, man, but do, it, do what my girl does, Gina. Gina downtown goes downtown. The day is not, not as bad as you would think. Uh, cause, and it's actually less crowded than it, than it used to be. Oh, yeah. I told her, I said, baby, I go. keep your hand in your purse. All right, well, thank if you. you have to. Thank you, Quinn McCarthy, Mike Scott, Justin. I'll be sure it's what Chicago is talking about. It's Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy on AM560, The Answer. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I hope they have a buy, so I don't have to see Taylor Swift again. Oh no, Kansas City's playing uh, Minneapolis, and the uh, the mayor of Minneapolis sent a letter to Taylor Swift's camp saying, "Taylor, please, please, if you can, come to Minneapolis. We want you here. We'd love to have you here. She's done so much for the economy. I mean, do you understand that Taylor Swift has affected the GDP of the United States of America with her tour this year? Oh yeah. I mean, it is unbelievable. And there was su- a seismic shift at one of her concerts because people were. Jumping up and down. Yeah, that was in the Midwest. Heavier girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stop. But uh, um, but the, okay. the, the yeah. money she brings in is ridiculous. And 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 I, you know, and I said we're going to find out if she really loves Travis Kelsey or if this is just a publicity stunt because what woman wants to go to Minneapolis? Oh hey oh, 
So uh, Kelsey, by the way, is just letting the NFL know that they need to calm down about Taylor Swift. You got to calm down. This is what he said. With What's a Taylor brother. Swift song? What is your honest <laughs> opinion on how the NFL is treating uh, celebrities at games? I think it's fun when they show uh, who all is at the game. You know, I think uh, I think it brings a little bit more to the atmosphere. Brings a little bit more to to what you're watching. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, they're overdoing it. They're they're overdoing it a little bit. For sure, especially my situation. Right. I think they're they're just trying to have fun with it, and um, a lot Here's of uh, a lot of the people watching. Go ahead, let's hear. It. I, I just think the NFL is not brother. used to celebrities coming to the games. That's not true. Like basketball has to figure it out. They're all courtside. They're sitting there. They show them once or twice, and then and then they but they get back to the game. The NFL is like, oh, look at all these A-list celebrities in the game. You keep showing them, show them, show them, show them. Dude, listen. You show them once, let them know they're there. Maybe after a touchdown, you get a little clip, but it can't can't be overboard with it. Yeah. People are there to watch the game, right? Yeah, they're not there to get thrown on TV. I'll tell you what, though, it is. Uh... He said it is burned. Like you can't eat a cheeseburger because they yeah. keep cutting to you. He gained four hundred thousand Twitter followers during that game. Not Twitter followers, uh, Instagram, Instagram followers during the game, and, and his, then after, and then his jersey sales went up like seven hundred percent. And it's cool. You know, it's cool that that NFL football player gave her a break because she needed it. She yeah, right. Uh-huh. A little bit in but, obscurity and everything So you else. know Taylor Swift and you know her mom. And um, do you think that this is just to gain publicity, gain followers for yeah. the NFL? I, I really don't know. Or do know. you think this is a real relationship? I, I really don't know because she certainly doesn't need the publicity. And, and the funny thing is, and this is the crazy thing, um, every time you see her, whatever she's wearing is a hint at – a new video, a next album. She calls it dropping Easter eggs. And my, my girl totally knows about all this, Gina. Mm-hmm. She, she's a Taylor Swift lunatic. And, uh, and I'm, I'm like, she's a marketing genius, so she knows what she's doing. And a lot of this here is to get her reputation back. And a lot of this stems from that Kanye West thing. Remember that? Oh, that's right. When he, so, yep. so, so she was dating a guy named uh, Joe Alwyn. And, and most people, most Swifties like Joe. And I'm sorry if I sound like I know too much about this. Trust well, me, I do. You, you totally do. But I was the first. I was one of the first guys in radio to play Taylor Swift when she was 13 years old. I, I know her, and I know her mother really well. Um, and she's she's a she's a really nice person. She doesn't think politically like we do, but nobody her age really does, and that is a problem. The the uh, Republicans love her, hate her. You can say you don't want to hear about it, but you better find somebody that can mobilize a base like she can. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's morning answer. Morning answer on AM five sixty. The answer. This is Chicago's morning answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM five sixty. The answer. Thanks for uh, letting me borrow some of your bass this morning. My eyes were a little puffy, and I know we're on. Oh, hey. Yeah. Good morning. How you doing? Ramblin' Ray or Ray Stevens. Whatever you, you want to call me. If you're from West Chicago, you can call me Ray Stasekel. Some guys in uh, Franklin Park call me Jimmy the Toucan. Don't worry about that. Call me whatever you want. All right. Well, you are here filling in for Dan Prop this morning. Who's Nobody can fill in for Dan. Nobody. That's true. Yes. Um, he's fly fishing in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Really? Now, have you been to Jackson Hole? Uh, first uh, first uh, place I ever was arrested was Jackson Hole, Wyoming. <laughs> okay. Follow-up question. What did you do, Ray, to I was get arrested? In, I was in a, a bar called the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar, and I was only 19 years old. And we decided after 
being in the bar at 19 years old and having a couple beers, you know, you're 19, a couple beers, you, you feel like you're on top of the world. You're invincible. And I went out and I went into the uh, park right across the, 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 I guess you would call it the Jackson Hole Village Square where they've got all the Elkhorns. And I, for some reason, thought I'd grab a pair of Elkhorns to bring home. And I was hanging on it, oh. and the cop's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh-oh. And uh, he's like, get down. And I stood up, stayed up there a little too long hanging. And he's like, uh, hey, guess what? You're going to spend the night in jail. And, and he, I did in a, with it? a bunch of drunk cowboys. It, it, was a, it, was, it was probably worse than being a 26 in California. Really? These cowboys don't mess around. Were there any fights? Oh, yeah. Did oh, oh, you yeah. sleep on like a Just, stainless you know, steel, steel cot. cot? It wasn't bad. But, you know, you pay a $50 fine for being a little disorderly. You know what? He probably did me a favor. Because you turned your life around. You don't know. Or you just didn't drink yourself blind. No, I probably, you know, what if I drove home or something stupid that night? I'm 19 years old, but I love Jackson Hole and fly fishing out there. Ooh, I mean, I'm more apt to ride my my dirt bike out there or go snowmobiling and high marks of mountains, you know. But but it's really that pretty there? Yeah, he's on a brocation. Tying a little fly on a a piece of line, that's kind of cool. I think, you know what? He needs to relax, decompress. Can he relax? I don't know. He tweets yeah. a lot when he's on vacation, yeah. which when I'm on vacation, I try let to separate. Go. Let it go. Let just, it go. Man. No one's going to, you know. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, can you follow me on Twitter again? Because I just somebody did. hacked into my I account. did this morning. Yeah. Yeah, somebody. So I had 38,000 followers and I had 15 years of work. Most of the three years during COVID when uh, Governor Pritzker wasn't looking too good when he'd lose yeah. his you-know-what on me and start shaking his hands and rolling his right, eyes. Right, And uh, we paid somebody to try. Well, I have a friend who's a negotiator to try and get it back, and he said it's non-negotiable. They will not negotiate. That's odd because, you know. And he, it, some, it, he goes, somebody with big pockets ah, paid to take over your account. Yeah, probably a Pritzker. Well, that's well, what you get. You're fighting everybody all the time. Yeah. you got to just, you know, step in line. If they can't silence you by taking away your press yeah. pass or trying to get you fired from your CPS coaching job, they will take over your Twitter. You got AM560 the answer. This thing's a blowtorch. You don't need yeah. whatever the hell they call it now, X. Although I like I like Elon Musk, man. I think he's uh, he's something. Went to the border There's the nobody, other day. I know he went to the border. Yeah. And uh, Mayor Eric Adams is at the border this morning. Well, he's in the uh, Darien Gap. That's the, the section between South, South America and North America. Well, I thought it was between and 63rd and 75th Street. <laughs> No, no, they're, no. They're Downers Grove. Where is my Mayor Adams bite that I had here? Because I have so much sound. Isn't it something? While well, you look for that bite, let me just say, isn't it something that we were we were woke and we were welcoming and we were a welcoming city and we're a sanctuary city and you can all come here because hate has no home here. And then we all became border towns. We all became border communities, and people started showing up and they lost their crap. They don't know what to do. Everybody now is living in a police station. They dropped them off last night at the Sears Tower. I yeah. understand and that there's room at the signature room for oh, migrants, hey, hey. Yes. asylum seekers, whatever the hell you want to and call And I'm them. so glad we're having Alderman Hopkins on at 735 because that's in his ward. Yeah. They didn't know they were coming, Yeah, obviously. Uh, we have to talk to him about that. But here's, here's Eric Adams. So we've got Mayor Adams from New York City already down there doing the work, telling migrants, don't come. Right. Please, stay here. You're not, you're not going to have a posh, lovely life if you come to New York City, because they have 122,000. That's bigger than Mount Prospect and Prospect Heights and Schaumburg put together that have come just in the last year. Giving them false hopes. and There's a body of people who are there that are giving them false hopes and false promises. We want to give people a true picture of what is here. We're going to tell them uh, that 
coming to New York doesn't mean you're going to stay in a five-star hotel. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that the mere fact you come here, you automatically are going to be allowed to work. And then we have our mayor who's still deciding when or when he cannot make it to the border because, you know, he's got children. Okay, he's got kids. And we'll get to that in a second. But this is, you know, he's going to the border to encourage more people to come, which is sickening. So going to the border is to make sure that everybody knows that my administration is committed to making sure that we are putting together the full force of government at every single level. Our uh, you know, hope is that we will continue to get more resources and a stronger commitment um, from the federal government to be able to provide us with the support that the people of Chicago need. Yeah. No, it, it, it's it, untenable. Is, it won't work. I know, but th- you get what you voted for. And we are still on pins and needles, the Amundsen Fieldhouse, waiting whether or not that they're going to take that over. There are now 400 migrants, so they want to kick out a football league, a, you know, youth football league, four different basketball leagues, senior programs, and give that to the migrants. And people in the black community, they say it's so much better than us white folks. They really take it to them. We have a hard no for immigrants coming here. A very hard no. We come in a community of black people where we already get the low scraps. And then you want to take the little scraps, the resources that we have, and put us at the bottom of the barrel? That's not fair. And That's I not fair. It. We are taxpayers. But they treat us like we're invisible, like we don't even exist. We haven't heard a word from you, Mayor uh, 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 Brandon Johnson, about our community. And I talked to the alderman yesterday who's, you know, that the field house is in his ward. And uh, he's still waiting to hear from Brandon Johnson because so many people complained. And that video uh, that our friend Mark took of the football team in pads, in their uniforms, coming through the meeting, it was brilliant. And the dads are saying, you, you're, you're telling me that my son can't play football? You're telling me I, I paid my taxes. I've lived here my whole life. It was so brilliant. And it was organic. It wasn't, you know, they're like, you know what? We're outside playing football. We're going into that meeting. And that's what they did. I think once once you I, – I was talking to, to Alderman Lopez, you know, now running for uh, Chewy uh, Garcia's uh, spot in Congress. Be careful um, when you start your car. He, uh, yeah, well, but, but, story. but he, you know, he – and I know that, that Ray is more like us than he isn't. Um, but he thinks that now there could be a degradation of the, the Democratic Party in Chicago, finally – because it's been this way so long. You know, you just put somebody over there. We're going to get the unions to vote this way. We're going to tell the uh, the block captains how you're going to vote. But for the first time ever, when you do stuff like this and when you got people like this mad, this is why it pisses me off that Speaker McCarthy gets ousted because I don't want that going on right now. I want the I want the focus on all the bad stuff that's going on. I want yeah, Republicans focus. were finally winning exactly. on the economy, on the border, yeah, yeah. and then that happened. Never but- underestimate the Republican and the GOP's to, to ability to screw up a, a something good, but do you think that this is going to wake up Democrats? I mean, you had yes. to make well, you had to make Democrats feel the pain and feel the burden of their own choices, because that's what's happening. And then you have this idiot mayor who should grow a pair. If I was a woman and I said what I'm about to play, if I said this, I would lose my job. Just to clarify, when when is it soon as possible? Look, I'm still running a major city. I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it. But you're asking me to give you a date. And I have to court. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. 
I have a wife, I have children, they have schedules. And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border as soon as possible. But I got to coordinate that with running the government and making sure that my wife and children are secure as well. Thank you, Lawrence. Can you make sure that my wife and children are secure as well? I mean, does he know that Rahm Emanuel had children, that M. Daly and J. Daly had children, that Lori Lightfoot had children? That's a slap at Lori Lightfoot. That's a slap at her right there. And you know what? That speaks to his constituency because they're supposed to be inclusive and woke. And he's basically saying that Lori Lightfoot's family, though she's married to another woman, and they have a child, is not seen as a family. That's a slap at her and a slap at an entire community. 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment. If any woman, career woman, said that, well, I can't do this, don't you know that, I mean, I have soccer yeah. scheduled. Right. I have, I mean, he's pouting like a, like a biatch. Here's what I want to Grow know. up. I can't. Here. I mean, he is so over his skis in this position. He, he went to Aurora University, a Christian university in Aurora. Aurora University. Okay, wasn't he born in Elgin? He's from Elgin. He's from the western suburbs. I mean, don't tell me you're like some, some city dweller from the west side, you know, with you and your fellas. Because that's not, I'm not buying that. All right. So here's what happened yesterday. Because this whole border wall U-turn that Biden's taking so uh, DHS secretary went down to the border and claimed, you know, that this is what he a statement, a releasement, a statement that he released, that there's an acute and immediate need for the wall. And they're gutting all environmental regulations to build one. There's 26 laws on the book that they are going to bypass in order to build this wall. So you won't believe this, America, but the Biden administration is admitting that President Trump was right. And here's Biden on the border. I'll answer one question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. Do you believe the border wall works? No. Do you believe the border wall works? And (laughs) the idiot says, no. He thinks borders is somewhere you go to get a book. He doesn't. And then KJP was, you know, pressed by NBC's Peter Alexander. Look, I can speak for the president. The president said he was asked directly. He doesn't believe a border wall is effective. Does he have a disagreement with his Department of Homeland Security secretary? What I can tell you, what the president, I I, I want to tell you what the president said and what your colleague asked him. He said, no, he doesn't believe that the border wall is effective. I ask speaking in direct contradiction to what his own Homeland Security secretary says. I hear you. I'm speaking for the president. I'm saying that he has said that he does not believe a, a border wall is effective. That's what he was asked. He has said that for some time now, and it still remains to be the case. He asked, right, he asked Congress multiple times. His team has asked Congress to reappropriate the funds. They refused to do that. We're going to comply by well, law. You asked the president on our behalf, then, in the absence of our ability to do that, whether he disagrees with the statement that there is presently an acute and immediate need to construct I'm happy to barriers. take that back. I mean, my head was spinning yesterday. And then CNN actually put a montage together of the campaign promise that Biden and Harris made back in 2020. We, oh, no, we would never build a wall. Trump campaigned on um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down? 
No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. She was in charge of, you know, fixing the, the border, the right? Border, yeah. And she yeah. never went to the border. She's also our new gun czar, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then Joe Biden was tapped with trying to solve cancer when he was vice president. Well, he was going to cure it, I know. I mean, cure cancer. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What, uh, what did I even yeah. say? I don't even know. 312-642-5600. Turnkey Depro answer. Or then you've got President Trump, remember? We need the wall, and it has to be built, and we want to build it fast. We're going to build the wall. It's going to be built, and we have to build the wall. And by the way, the wall is being built. That's true. Yeah, but, you know, border walls don't work. Yeah. And we're talking about the part. It's starting Star County. It's near uh, Eagle Pass, where tens of thousands of people are just illegally crossing. If we had something to deter them from coming in, you know, like a wall, maybe we wouldn't have to deal with this. Because it's getting real. I mean, Lakeshore, if you go down Irving Park, LSD, there's bikes that are unlocked, Quinn, if you want to grab one for your son. Um, and there are, they took the old British school. They turned that into a, a shelter for migrants. There's garbage everywhere. Well, if we give you things, can you at least clean up after yourself? How about Is the, that uh, too much to ask? They get, and then there's the Inn of Chicago, a block away from the Magnificent Mile. Three meals a day. They have nice clothes that are donated to them. The top-of-the-line car seats and strollers. I was there last week, but there's so many people loitering around. Well, that's why, that's why your African-American community is pissed, because they don't get this. They don't get this in their neighborhoods, and they don't. And, and you see— but they deserve it. Absolutely right? they do. But, but that's the thing. And you, know, and you know who's really pissed is the people that come here, and they do it the right way. They stand in line for 12 years. They do it the right way. They don't jump the line. And, and I think it's an affront to them that we allow this to happen. And you're starting to see it with Eric Adams. You see, Eric Adams is finally getting it right. He knows it's untenable that this continues. I don't know what Mayor Brandon Johnson is doing. He's just crazy. Because going down there and say, yeah, come on back, you he, he's got to listen to what his constituents are saying because it'll be a short term for mayor for him. I mean, you have very liberal, progressive, even Marxist aldermen that are telling him, no, stop. This needs to end now. And he's not doing it. You know, when when but the, we have to start with stopping. We, we have to start with the title of that we're a welcoming city. Yeah, that's where it begins. But it's, it felt so good to say it, didn't it? When nobody was coming here, and Lori Lightfoot would get in front of everybody and go, "You know what we are? We're inclusive, and it's DEI, right? DEI. Uh, yep. You know, and I always thought DEI stood for Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, <laughs> and and I wish it still did because, you know, some things that are good in theory aren't necessarily good in practice, and this is one of them. Three one two six four two five six zero zero turnkey dot pro answer line. Let's go to oh, this is a rare phone call. The Amish texter is <laughs> on the line. He's from Genoa City, Wisconsin. Hold on, I gotta lean over. Let me get that. There you go. By the way, uh, WIND number one in the Amish radio review this month. Thank you. Yeah, you got that right. Not, no longer from Genoa City, unfortunately. I had a guy leave. I had to go back down to South Elgin. I'm still in Hunt, living in Huntley, though. But yeah, calling you in the uh, string and tin can line is. Uh, Dan likes to say, you know, I figured out why Biden did this reversal of, uh, you know, the xenophobic uh, racist policies of building a border wall by Trump. This time, it's to keep the illegal migrants in from his failed policies. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. 
Thank Appreciate you. It. Uh, let's go to Rich in Indian Head Park here on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yes, good morning, Andy. Morning, Ray. How are you doing today? Doing well, baby. Uh, what I wanted to say is uh, I have a couple of things real quick. Number one is the reason why Biden is finally doing something is because all these so-called sanctuary cities are getting set up with all these illegals being shipped to them. And so he needs to show that he's doing something. Otherwise, he's going to lose votes. They're going to start uh, blaming everything on him. And the second thing is, is why does uh, Brandon Johnson uh, feel he has to tell us he has a black wife and three black kids? Shouldn't we know that? I mean, it's, it's right there. And I mean, he anyway. has to insert race into everything. Yeah, we know you're black. Right. Yeah, we know your wife's black. So what? Who cares? It's, you know, it, it really like it's some rarity. I, I'm, there's black people in Chicago. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, I, 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 don't know what I am today because I can be whatever I want. I can identify as whatever I want. Can I? Yeah, you can. You know, you told you uh, could be just, non-binary. Yeah, you could be... moments ago you told Brandon Johnson to grow a set, and today I think you can. Right? You're right. Right. My mom always used to say to me, Implants, "You don't know. Right. You don't know what it's like to carry you around for nine months with you and your twin sister." And I'm like, "You're triggering me because I've been trying to get pregnant for 56 years, and I can't." <laughs> Let's go to Catherine in DuPage County. You're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, Amy and Ray. Uh, I was calling with a bit of a tangent here. Um, The situation uh, nudges me to think that Chicago needs to put in a a recall provision for uh, mayor. I mean, it should have been a while ago for things that we've already been through. I don't live in the city, but um, so with this fool now, Instead of sitting here or staying here and, and, and dealing with this problem, he goes off to the border for a, a jaunt, a free jaunt, probably on the taxpayer's dime. It's, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he, and he hasn't decided to because he's got to check with his kid's soccer schedule to see. We want DuPage County. I remember when DuPage County used to be Republican and then COVID oh, happened. And everybody moved out and brought their voting ways with them. Gosh I'm darn so you. sorry. Go back but to back to Brandon Johnson. So when he was a very reliable source, told us, uh, told the show, and the source has never led me awry, said that he was renting an Airbnb in Lombard while he was running for mayor. Have you seen his house, by the way? No. Oh, I'll show you a picture in the okay. break. Um, there's weeds growing out of the gutter. He didn't pay his water bill. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. For yeah. uh. It's 18 months, and then he got on a payment plan, and he still didn't pay his water bill. Uh, it's water, so um, it's a necessity to live, to cook with, to clean with, to brush your teeth with, you know, to drink. So that makes me think that he's been living in Lombard for a long time. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that could work too much around the house. We got a great text message that said, well, yeah, take care of your house. That's an eyesore. Where yeah. Shame on him. Uh, Ray and Amy, he's going to move out of the city of Chicago the second that he's not mayor. Well, I agree. I agree. I, and he'll move back to the western suburbs. So. I like this one. Amy, they are illegal aliens, not immigrants. This is an invasion. Admit it, then say it. The more you listen, the more, you listen. The more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Morning Answer. On AM 560, The Answer. If you're looking for the latest news, insight into what it means, and the sharpest opinion, there's only one station in Chicago where you can turn, and it's this one. We're AM 560, The Answer. All right, good Friday morning. Ray Stevens, otherwise known as Ramblin' Ray. Yeah, you know what? You can call me whatever. Dan Prop. Yeah. 
How'd you get Ramblin' Ray again? Uh, it's a long Asian. story. It's a long Can story. Can I have the cliff notes? I was working with Joe uh, Collins. Okay, Remember Joe Collins? He was a traffic guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing stupid stuff in the suburbs, working for a suburban radio station, going out, hanging out with friends and, you know, listeners. And I, we came back on the air one day, and he's like, that Ray is just a rambling guy, kind of like the old Steve Martin bit, and it stuck. Okay. So, so we've kept it ever since. But you, that's your moniker. Do you like to be called rambling, Ray? You know, I, I, it's there, you drop the G. <laughs> you leave that off for savings. It's rambling apostrophe. <laughs> um, no, nah, you know, whatever. I, 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 it, it, radio has had some fun and stupid twisting turns. Uh, you can you can just call me Ray. You got to do country music radio. Yeah, it was fun. It was that's you know, one thing I never got to do. Um, never. I mean, it was always yeah. conservative. You know, talk which it, is fine. I'm, I'm happy, but I'm just saying I never got to do the radio station where you play songs. Oh, you play songs. You have fun. You 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 hang out with artists, and then you find out what they're really like, and you find out that Nashville is nothing but a liberal music bastion of wokeness, and you have to leave it. Yeah. Every, but there's some artists that live in Nashville that are conservative. Jason Aldean, rock star. John Rich, friend of mine, great guy. Um, but, you know, you, you've got people like Maren Morris. I don't know if you've heard about the dust-up Maren Morris. It's like she's leaving Nashville because, Why? you know, they. she was the one that got into a big tay-to-tay with J, uh, Jason Aldean and Jason Aldean's wife because Jason Aldean's wife has got a huge following all over social media. She's beautiful. She's got her own brand. And she made a comment that said, I'm glad that when I went through my tomboy phase, my mom and dad didn't get me any kind of a reassignment uh, surgery, and they let me be a tomboy, but now I love being a girly girl. Well, Nashville's left went nuts over that. Why? That's so true. But they went nuts. I have so many nuts. friends that, because I played sports, Yeah. That and I, I was a tomboy. Oh, you know, no. And I did not. Like, if I had a choice, I would have been a dude, because you don't want yeah. that monthly visit. Trust oh, me. No, when I first met you, I, I said, I go, that's a dude. Um, and then I... <laughs> No, you know here, but but it's it's so woke in Nashville, and the crazy thing is, is they sell you on this American flags, and we're going to sit on the back of the pickup truck down yeah, the dusty dirt road, boots. and yeah. that's just such a it's 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 a sales pitch of crap, and that's just a fact. And they have a Democratic mayor though in Nashville. Oh, you know, yeah, I mean Nashville is is very very liberal, very liberal. Oh, that's too bad. Sorry, sorry to break your bubble. That's all right, but I, you know, every time I go down yeah. to Nashville, it's just. You're crashing somebody's bachelorette party. Oh. I mean, my God, I have never, ever seen so many bachelorette parties. No. And everyone's wearing the same thing. Yeah. The cowboy boots, the skirt, and the veil. And a penis sash. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to have that. But it's funny because I'd ask, you know, they'd be drunk. I was walking down the street with my mom and my sisters. And we'd be like, are you making the right decision? Like, <laughs> we'd be street, pe- street yeah. preachers, preachers <laughs> asking them, is he... Does he treat you well? I mean, I'm not yeah. kidding you because these, these people, are like, oh, you guys are so tall. Are you twins? And uh, who cares about that? Do you do you, are, do you see this lasting? This relationship lasting? What do you love about him? How does he treat? Why would your you mother? ask somebody that? Why would you do that? I mean, she's grilling. I mean, she's grilling poor Justin. Loved it. Justin's getting married in there. The poor kid's getting grilled. He's getting married a week from tomorrow. I'm very nervous about this wedding. Yeah. Why? Why? Because I'm a professional worrier. Yeah. I mean, I got my. Um, well, bachelor's good. degree in worrying. What the hell good worrying is that? Worrying 101 mean? I aced. Yeah. I know. It's it's horrible. It's yeah. just a gene we have. It's awful. But I'm just, Justin, just tell You're me it's going to be okay. I, <laughs> I know. I mean, I know you love Bethany, but I'm just worried about the other family aspects of this wedding. Well, we're taking care of that today. So hopefully, okay, well, hopefully least... that will mend over maybe. Hey, the best thing I, the best advice I can give you is, is try to 
do everything on social media. If you got a problem with somebody, put it out there on <laughs> yeah, social media. Yeah. That's, that's the advice that you're not going to yeah. get. And I can't, I'm really mad that Dan's not going to the wedding. He's going to be no, in town. Oh, oh, my God. As a fellow guy, I give him the full right to not come. I totally understand what comes. I hate going to weddings. But why aren't you just a local? Oh, no, well, you, you have to. If you think you hated it before, I, wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> I am not eloping because my beautiful bride wanted a big, beautiful wedding. And, yeah. of course, I wanted to give her that. So one day she can't come at me and say, you took no. that from me. Now, where Good am for I... you. Good for you. And that's the way it should be for your first one. Now, where am I sitting at this wedding? <laughs> I just want to know. You're sitting with all the work, gang. So tell me who. Tell me. Tell me. In. So our lovely uh, boss over here, Eric. Uh, Mr. Quinn. Oh, but is is Eric's wife coming? Yes. I uh, love her. I'm dancing with her. Okay, cool. Quinn. <laughs> Quinn and his Maybe wife. Maybe I'll take him or leave him. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mike Scott and his beautiful oh, wife. Oh, Mike, I get to spend time with Melissa. I mean, I, I, you know, I spend so much time with you. I'd love to chat with her. All right, that'll be fun. And let me then we'll just give you one. Empty, let me just give you one piece of advice. We'll leave an empty seat open for Dan Prop because because I won't. I, I mean, obviously, I won't be there. I don't work with you guys. Um, but you just didn't get invited. Just when, say it. When so, you're when you're out one night and this this younger, hotter girl comes walking over and starts telling you how cool you are, at just about the time you're ready to believe her, get in your car and go home. That'll be the oh best thing you can ever do. <laughs> wow, Ray. What sound advice? If All I right, would have done that, I'd have had two more houses. All right, we're going to bring another married man into this. Jim Urio, you know him, you know love him. He's in charge of the Futures Edge podcast and a regular contributor to the show. Mr. Urio, how are you? Good. I was wondering how you were going to pivot to me and well, talk about like financial stuff from this conversation. Frankly, I'd rather go with your conversation. I think it's pretty much. All right, pretty much two, more then fun. I have two things. What, what's some advice for Justin and his soon-to-be wife? And then what's the financial advice you have for both of them? Okay, for Justin, the, the advice is this: never win an argument. Yes. Never try to win. There's no winning in marriage, and people will tell you. Tell them, tell them what you really feel. No, never tell them what you really feel. <laughs> what you really feel is crazy, and that's what's in my head a lot of times. I've had great success by keeping my mouth shut and losing arguments. Does that make sense? That completely makes sense, and I didn't do that the first time around, but the second time around, yeah, yeah you just need yeah. to, to not <laughs> say everything. And it goes both ways. So how long have you been married? Me, 33 years. Ah, oh, see, and is that the secret, just to not... Oh, yeah, shut your yap. Exactly the secret. Yeah. Don't shut. think everything needs to be resolved. Make sure she has a she shed. Get out to the garage every now and then. You, don't, you know, go out yeah. and have a smoke even if you don't. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I believe that, you know, smoking. you still need to have your own time and your own hobbies. All right, so what financial advice would you have? Should they commingle funds? Of course. I, I think so. I think once you – I mean, if you made the decision to get married, I think that – that when people don't come in, I have plenty of friends who don't, and plenty of very, very wealthy friends who sign prenups and things like that, and that's fine. But I think that it always, in the back of your head, is this question. I think you're there 100% in, you're 100% out. If you're not 100% in, then don't get married, is my opinion on that. Um, find my wife, who was, a, who was a lawyer and a tax lawyer, might have different opinions about that based on some of her clients. But, you know, I'm Italian. If you're, if you're going to take me for my money, you know, whatever. I, I, but I'm do you in. have a secret squirrel account on the side for things? That she doesn't know about. Okay, so we can't. I don't know if I can talk about this on the air, but remember, I was in the financial business of this and trading floors in the nineties yeah. and the aughts, and um, there was a lot of stuff that was going on. You've seen the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. Right? Oh yeah. That was, they 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 were like secondarily as crazy to us in Chicago. So I will not speak anything on air, but maybe someday I'll write a book when the statute of limitations is all gone oh. down. 
Every, everybody needs a little. You know what? You need a, You need a little. You need a little wham. A little walking around money in a can somewhere. And now, what about so, what about credit? Wait, I mean, I'll tell you this. Though. Okay. For ten years, I never went to a cash station, and my wife never said one word about it. So people believe what they want to believe. I'd pull out a roll of hundreds, and she would just not bat an eye. And she's very straight laced, which I think is very very funny. People's psychology. Wow. I used to be able to pull out a roll of hundreds too, but that's when I was working FM. <laughs> Now, what were you going to ask him about credit? No, I was just, you know, what about, what about, you know, okay, so people, and, and, and I know that, that, you know, you're supposed to be involved, you're supposed to be together, you know, every, you know, every uh, inch of the person, you know, their deep, dark secrets, but a lot of people don't look into that person's credit, and that has a, a, a bearing going forward, doesn't it? Oh, it certainly does, and I know particularly some, some men who I'd worked with, and again, I'm not saying it's just one way, gender-wise, and, and found out after they got married about credit card debt that was you know a mile high and student loan debt that was a mile high and they've just people just never mentioned it so yeah i i think that you know so many fights within marriages start with finances so it, it is that's the one thing you do want to talk about because bill comes in the mail ask what that bill is oh gosh i just had a flashback to a memory of that about two weeks after we got married but anyway oh no no do right tell along. what happened well, no, I didn't. So, you know, Margaret, you you met my wife, Margaret. Yes. So, gosh, she's going to kill me. But she's from the North Shore. I, you know, I, I, I'm from Palatine. I grew up 11 people in one home. We were, like, from an Italian ghetto. I just didn't assume there was any sort of student loan debt. I'm sorry, Margaret, if you're listening. But, uh, yeah, we were, like, two weeks back from the honeymoon. Look at this. Oh, it's my student loans. Like, you, student what? I don't have student loans. I work 40 hours a week in college. <laughs> but uh, that happened. And that was one of the first things I should have asked her before. And not that it would have made a lick of difference. But let's just move right along. Well, no, I have a friend who, when they got married, he realized she's $127,000 in debt in student loans because she was okay. an attorney. That's and she's crazy. working for the Cook County State's Attorney's Office as an assistant. And he said, what do I, 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 what do, I do? I'm like, well, you two you have to not- figure it out. I mean, are she going to pay it off? Are you going to together pay it off? That's, you know, that's something yeah. that you should probably mention. You call Uncle Joe before. and you try to get some of that student loan debt relief money. Yeah, going so for let's you. talk about that because this is, you know, a new money grab. Is this the way that President Biden is going to buy the election? He announced a nine billion dollar billion in student loan forgiveness for one hundred twenty five thousand borrowers. Here he is touting this new initiative. This kind of relief is life changing for individuals and their families, but it's good for our economy as a whole as well. By Freeing millions of Americans from the crushing burden of student debt, it means they can go and get their lives in order. They can think about buying a house. They can start a business. They can be starting a family. This matters. It matters in their daily lives. So, Jim Urio, how is this good for the economy? Well, it's certainly, it's not good for the economy at a time when we're fighting inflation. And they've been doing this, the student loan forbearance, the eviction moratoriums, all those things over the last three years when we're fighting inflation is the exact same thing as pushing money into the economy. It's a counterbalance. It's creating worse inflation. There is zero, zero data that suggests that the holders of these student loans are the most needy and that the highest propensity to consume if you wipe away their debt. It's asinine. But the worst part about this whole thing is that he talks about like almost like there was this predatory lender. And guess what? There is a predatory lender. Twelve years ago, maybe 13, the federal government took over all the student loans and took them away from banks and then started pushing out this idea that your gender studies degree was every bit as important to society as your STEM degree. And all of these people borrowing $250,000 
to go to some small private school to get a degree in Spanish. So th- this it, it makes no sense. They're the predatory lender. If you look just behind the curtain even an inch, you realize that it, it, it's so it's so schemy. And then to be able every election cycle to be able to dangle this in front of people and say, yeah, we're we're the people who might wipe out your student loan. But guess what? They're never going to wipe it out completely because then they lose the political the political clout of saying they're going to before elections. But people, I guess this is what people vote for. It's very frustrating to me, obviously. Well, who qualifies? I mean, they said 125,000 borrowers. Who are they? This particular one, I believe, is like military, people been in public service, teachers, things like that. I think it is more slanted uh, toward that. But again, it, that doesn't matter to me, too. The Supreme Court has already said that this is that you cannot do this and they don't care when people believe this ideology, this religious fervor, they just completely ignore, you know, established law. And this again, back in the Obama administration, I've written, I don't know if you've written anything I've wrote about that. There's a multitude of things to point out. But when Chrysler went bankrupt, the Obama administration came in, the seniors, uh, you know, going too far in the weeds with this. But let's just say this, that they the one a hundred years of bankruptcy law said that assets belonged to one class, the hedge funds who had lent Chrysler money. The Obama administration came in and just took that money away and gave it to the union. You know, someone like me might say, well, it's convenient that the unions voted for you and the hedge funds probably did not. But my point is, is that when they think it's like the benevolent tyrant C.S. Lewis wrote about is that they never sleep. And if they think they're doing good, they have they, everything else goes to the wind, including the law. Hey, I'm told that you own a bar, Cugino, so let me ask you this. Um, <laughs> Brant's and Palatine. It's it, it, a it, restaurant bar. It's awesome. What is it, Brant's? Brant's. It's, you yeah. need to eat there. It's a great atmosphere. I'm writing it down. So and I can it's take, wonderful food. Yeah, i got to take the Bella Gina Marie there because I have an Italian princess and she'd love to meet you. Um, how, are the, how are the sales of Bud Light going at the bar? Is that still something that's, uh, that, that's really dragging? Oh, yeah. It, it, went, it collapsed and it never really got off the canvas. And the thing that amazes me the most about it is when people on the left were like oh they're you know they're this organized boycott of bud light now nobody ever said a word to each other just people would be like who normal bud light people just say i want a coors light and that was it and that was it they never recovered um ray we've talked about this on the show before the thing that amazes me about uh, anheuser-busch about target about levi's even really disney it doesn't seem like they care that they're doing damage to their brand. What was more important to them at the time was to curry favor to the woke mob and the government. And they made these decisions like you, you and I are not marketing execs. We could have told Bud Light if they said we're going to do this. You said, nah, God, yeah. terrible. I would have idea. fallen on a landmine before I let that happen. <laughs> I mean, so, but I mean, are you selling a, a case a day, a, a case a week, and not even that? I bet it's less than half of what it was, and I don't know the exact numbers. It was, I, I think. It was our big, you know, Walt, Walt does most of the inventory stuff. Oh, yeah. But I think it was our best-selling bottle. You know, I don't do the real work. I know, I know. And you're not washing dishes lady. in the back. We understand. You know, but it, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's it's interesting to see what's going on. You know, all of a sudden, Target announces they're closing, what, nine or ten stores across the oh, country? Yeah. In and, woke cities and, where they, they Oh, there's looting and, and looting, everything else. Looting, out of control. But, you know, Target doesn't open a store where they know it's going to fail. It, they, they put so much research into it. They know what works and what doesn't. And for Target to have done what they did with the swimwear and everything else, and for Bud Light to, to have done this. For 1% of the population. But the, the other thing is, is when that 1% turns against you, which they did, now you can't win no matter which way you go. Right. So good luck to you. All right, Jim Uri, we're going to have to leave it there, and I'm hungry now. So 
If you want the best burger in town and the tacos, I love your tacos, go to Brant's and oh, Palatine and you. listen to his yeah. Futures Edge podcast. And he joined us on our turnkey dot pro answer line the more you listen the more you listen the more you'll know this is chicago's morning answer morning answer on am 560 the answer this is chicago's morning answer with dan proft and amy jacobson on am 560 the answer Good Friday morning. Amy Jacobson here. Ramblin' Ray, Ray Stevens, in for Dan Prof as he is fishing in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I'd rather be out there riding, a, you know, my, my CR450 or something, you know, snowmobiling. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, but fishing's good. cool. Yeah. It's cool. I um, mean, uh, you're always here when there's breaking news and a lot of news to cover, and we've just learned that President Trump will be endorsing Jim Jordan is speaker. What did he put on Truth yeah, Social? Yeah, here on the Truth Social, he says Jordan has his complete and total endorsement. He will be a great speaker of the House. He is strong on crime borders. Our military, vets, and Second Amendment. When you're raising your voice, is that because it's, it's all in caps? caps? Yeah. Oh, it's all in caps? Yeah. It's fantastic. Right. Fantastic. He's good, good, good. Fantastic. Congressman Jim Jordan responds. I appreciate the president's endorsement. He's the leader of the party. He's going to be our, our, our presidential nominee, and I think he's going to be our next president, so I appreciate that. So does that mean Jim Jordan will be the next Speaker of the House? Let's start there with Brett Baer, host of Fox News Special Report and the number one best-selling author of the soon-to-be release to rescue the Constitution, George Washington and the Fragile American Experiment. Good morning, Mr. Baer. How are you? Good morning. I like that you're putting me at number one even before the book has come out. That's really good. You know what? Let's do it. (laughs) I'm a marketing genius. you got to think about it. You're, (laughs) You're an optimist. I like it. Exactly. All right, so um, Jim Jordan, is this a done deal now with the backing you know, of President Trump? Deal. It's not a done deal, but it does help him a great deal, especially with um, the Republican caucus. And, you know, he is the now odds-on favorite uh, to do it. But remember, it takes 218 votes to become Speaker, and you know Democrats vote too. And, you know, there's all kinds of permutations that can happen here. Um, and remember also that there's a part of the caucus, the Republican caucus, and a lot of the Democrats who want to see Ukraine funding continue. Um, Jim Jordan, of the three declared candidates, is probably the one that is less likely to put that on the floor. Um, So that may actually factor in. I should point out Monday, we're going to do special report up on Capitol Hill, inside the halls of Capitol Hill, and we'll have a debate between the candidates for speaker, Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, Kevin Hearn, all on special report, uh, 5 p.m. your time. Wow, and they've all agreed to do this. That, that's going to be great. Five o'clock on Monday, our time. We'll definitely uh, tune in. And Kevin McCarthy, on his way out, he, he said something about Matt Gates that, that this is personal. I just want you to listen. You all know Matt Gates. You know it was personal. It had nothing to do about spending. It had nothing to do about everything he accused somebody of he was doing. It all was about getting attention from you. I mean, we're getting email fundraisers from him as he's doing it. Join in quickly. That's not governing. That's not becoming of a member of Congress. And regardless of what you think, I've seen the text. It was all about his ethics. But that's all right. So what is the genesis of the bad blood? 
Well, it's a number of different fronts, but um, clearly they had a personal animus. Um, there is an ethics investigation uh, of Matt Gates on a number of different things, and I think Gates thought that McCarthy should stop that, and that's part of the problem. Um, but there's there's more to it, and I think you know Gates per- portrays this as uh, purely about spending and you know cutting spending. I think uh, you know it's a little bit like three-dimensional chess. There are other boards at play here uh, that got to that point. But it's also important to point out that just going back to Democrats, they all stayed together. So it was eight Republicans and 208 Democrats. Uh, and there's a part of the Democratic Party called the Problem Solvers that work with Republicans. And we're getting word that they were essentially lied to by Democratic leadership. Um, in the end, on that vote, they expected McCarthy to survive, um, and he didn't. So now they are where they are. Let me ask you this, Brett, because uh, you know you brought up the ethics, and, and that's a strong thing there, because there's some sexual misconduct in there alleged against Matt Gates, and and I know that that was out there. And as you said, he did want Jordan to kind of or uh, uh, wanted McCarthy to make that go away. But how much of this plays into the uh, the fact that? You know, let me let me let me repose this to you. Is this is all of these Democrats? They just put together a deal on Saturday. They all were with him. They were good, but not one would save him. And some say that's because he was on Meet the Press. He was on some show last weekend where he didn't give just props to the Democrats, and that really honked off the Democrats, and that's why they let him drown. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, well, there is that feeling. Uh, some of the Democrats talked about that, um, and it was on Face the Nation, and he was a little bit uh, aggressive, I guess, in talking about uh, Democrats and their goals and, and fighting them. Uh, listen, there's a lot of things that go on, uh, but the bottom line in Congress is it all comes down to math. And if you have the votes, you win. And if you don't, you're in trouble. And he was always on the edge. I mean, he's tiptoeing through the tulips here with right. four votes to spare. And so, you know, this could always happen because one person could step up and say, you know what, I don't like his leadership. Right. But don't you think Congress needs to change that rule with, you know, one member can call on a vote to kick the speaker out? 100%. It will change because whoever becomes speaker, whether it's Jordan, Scalise, Hearn, whomever, uh, will mandate <laughs> that that changes as part of the deal to be the speaker. I mean, it's untenable. To, right. but, but, but McCarthy you know, had to put that up. rule in place in order to get the speakership, right? Because after the 14th, right. 15th vote, you know, somebody had to concede. Yeah, so that was the deal he made, and it was one deal too many. Do you think anybody can effectively be a speaker? I mean, it's, they're going to have the same problems that, that, that face McCarthy. I mean, it, it, it's clear to me that there's going to be a faction that don't want to go along and to get along, and we should right now. Because this is a brilliant time in our history where the borders are open. People are talking about it. You know, they're starting to build a border wall again. We should be focused on all of the things that we were lied to about. And and here we are, again, talking about Donald Trump in court and the GOP that just fired their speaker. I agree with you. It's uh, tough if you don't have that spread. Um, and Republicans have to figure out a way to get more seats if they want more control. I think it, they did get a lot done considering how narrow the spread was, uh, but it's going to have to change as far as the how it's run in the next uh, speakership. All right. As you know, there's uh, pretty much an invasion at our border going on right now. And I mean, I, here in Chicago, they're taking our park district spaces you know, where we have basketball leagues and volleyball leagues and football leagues. And 
turning that, handing it over to the migrants. In Massachusetts, the Army-Navy game is coming up. And people who have served this country, their hotel rooms, the the reservations they made have been canceled because Massachusetts is a right-to-shelter state, and they're giving the rooms to migrants. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, we checked it out. I mean, it is true. And these hotels are being used to house um, migrants in that area. And some people trying to go to the game are not getting hotel space. So uh, that's kind of wild, but it's indicative of the problem. And you're having more and more Democratic leaders in these blue states and cities that have a real problem, which is part of the reason a lot of cynics say that the president is doing what he's doing with the border wall even though he says it's not going to work, and they say they have to do it because Congress set it aside. So is the wall going to be built in Star County, Texas? I think so. There's 20 miles scheduled to be built. Um, and, you know, as for the thing that was put on the, on the registrar, it was an immediate need because of the immigrants coming across. Now, when Mayorkas talks about it publicly, it's it's not that. It's that they're backed into a corner because Congress passed a law. So I think they're trying to have it both ways, yeah. and I think they're having it neither way. Yeah, the soap opera that is Washington, D.C. All right, but do you think that this border crisis can bring down Biden's 2024 campaign? I think it is much more a topic for this coming election than it ever has been. We thought it was going to be big in 22, but I think it's much, much more prevalent. And getting to places like Chicago, where Democratic activists are speaking out saying, you know, this is not tenable. And I think that's going to be a big deal. By the way, before I leave you, I have an event in Chicago. Yes, we're just going to get to that. Oh, good, good, good. Go ahead. No, tell us about it. So it's Saturday, October 14th at Northwestern University. And uh, give us all the details. It's uh, the 14th, 5.30 p.m., uh, your time, and Chicago Humanities Festival uh, you can get tickets by going to chicagohumanities.org slash events, chicagohumanities.org slash events. So I'm going to talk about the book. We'll do a little Q&A, and I will sign as many books as we sell there. And i um, happy to come to Chicago, my wife's hometown. Good luck. Uh, good luck with those uh, with that campus. That is a, I mean, that's I hope a they tough don't crowd. Have a yeah, that is a tough crowd. No. But good luck. It'll be you know, fun. No, fair, it'll be fine. It's fair and balanced, guys. Fair I know. You always have been fair and balanced. Uh, Brett Baer. Host of Fox News Special Report. Can't wait to tune in on Monday at 5 o'clock our time to watch uh, this debate between Jordan, Scalise, and who's the third person? Devin Hearn from Oklahoma. Ah, okay. All right. Are you doing your homework this weekend to get ready for it? I am. I am. And launching a book on Tuesday. So it's all coming together. All right. It's good to be busy. Love it. Yeah. And the book, again, is To Rescue the Constitution, George Washington and the Fragile American Experiment. Brett Bear, always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Hey guys. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's like a hot, steaming cup of information to start your day. It's Chicago's morning answer on AM 560. The answer. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 on AM 560. The answer. I'm going to talk like your voice guy the rest of the morning. On AM 560. That's it. All right, welcome back to the program. Amy Jacobson here, Ray Stevens in for Dan Drop while he's having a brocation. He does that a lot. He goes out with dudes and they yeah. go on golf trips yeah. and on fishing trips. What do you call that, Ray? You, you, you know what you call that? You what? boys sure do go fishing a lot. 
<laughs> I can't quit you, Dan. All right. So got a we snork there. We got a snork, guys. That's we have a bit three. of a problem. So uh, last week, Pritzker had a press conference downtown, and I parked my car next to the Inn of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, yeah, I've seen, you know, people talking about this where migrants are. There's about 1,500 families and single men that are have been there. It's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a block away from the Magnific- Magnificent right? Mile. Yeah. Three meals a day. They have nice items donated to them. Um, and there was some shady stuff going on. Even okay. with a cop car right around the corner, parked in front of that Dunkin' Donuts, I saw people going, walking to a car, and they're looking around. It just felt, you know, I, I'm intuitive, and I knew something bad was happening. Uh, neighbors are getting a little sick of it. Here's one who lives near, next to the end of Chicago. I can go to my 15th floor and hear noises starting from 7, 8, 9 p.m., nonstop for hours. And the alderman of that ward wants to close the migrant shelter in Streeterville. And we welcome to the program because we have a lot to get to. Uh, alderman Hopkins from the second ward. Good morning, Alderman. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Amy. Hi, Ray. Hi. So uh, how do you go about the issue of closing the Inn of Chicago? Well, I've let the mayor know uh, that it's my desire, as well as my neighboring alderman, uh, who actually has uh, control of the site from uh, the ward boundaries. It's not in my ward, but it's close enough to my ward. So there's there's really two of us uh, that are directly affected by this, myself and Alderman Riley. And we both simply said, let this contract expire. It expires at the end of the year. Um, like any contract, it could be re- renewed, but we're under no obligation to renew it. And it's my view at this point that the shelter just—it doesn't function. It creates an adverse impact on the neighborhood, as you uh, described from your eyewitness perspective, Amy. Um, and nearly all of the immediate neighbors are saying the same thing. It's just an untenable situation. It doesn't work. Uh, it's too many people concentrated into too small of an area. Um, we had a problem with crime in that area before there was a narcotics hotspot that had been declared on the alley off of St. Clair, uh, where a lot of drug activity was happening even before we started using this facility as a migrant shelter. So it's really just the perfect storm of conditions that are being created here. Uh, and, and we just we simply have to stop it. Well, what kind of activity are they doing? And, and also, too, I heard that about more than 300 911 calls on the property have been made in the past six months. Is that true? Uh, actually, since since the beginning of the year, since January 1st of 2023, we've had over 300 911 calls. And, and those are just calls from people who happen to observe a situation as you did, uh, which was highly likely to be an illegal narcotics transaction that you saw, Amy. Um, and we have a number of neighbors who, um, you know, have a view of the corner. There's There's a couple of residential high-rises right there uh, that have views of, you know, the, the intersection of Ohio and St. Clair. And when they see a drug deal happening uh, in the alley or even in some cases on the street, they call 911 and report it. So that's a data point for us to sort of track what's happening there. Um, and it's it started out bad and it's been getting worse. And my concern is on the trajectory that we're on. Uh, you know, the shelter is about maxed out in terms of how many people um, that can fit there. But if we keep this up, it's attracting other sorts of criminal activity. We've had some arrests there, uh, people engaged in, in criminal activity who are not migrants, and they're not residents of the shelter, but they're, they're coming uh, to this area because, you know, they, it's like a shield. They know they can conduct their illegal activities 
um, behind the crowd of people on the street, and their chances of getting arrested are unfortunately slim. Let me ask you this, Alderman Hopkins, second word, our guest here on WIND AM 560. Um, you know, this is, the, this is an issue with, with your party. I mean, J.B. Pritzker, um, you know, the, the, the current mayor, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, everybody said, come. Come to Chicago. We're a welcoming city. And then all of a sudden, buses started to come. How do you corroborate that with your party that is pretty much playing right into this? I mean, it starts at the top, and now it's here in Chicago. I get you want to fix it, but how do you... How is it tenable within your own party to say, okay, you can't come anymore, ends full? You know, it's not tenable, and I'm not going to defend it. Uh, it's indefensible. You know, the, the evidence is before us. Um, neither party has a monopoly on bad decisions, right? This was a bad decision by Democratic leadership in my party. I acknowledge that. Okay. Uh, when we started talking about, you know, a sanctuary city and what a welcoming city means, I, I know for a fact, because I was involved in those debates, nobody predicted this. Nobody thought this was going to happen. I'm not sure it would have changed the outcome of the votes. Uh, I know I would have voted no on a welcoming city ordinance if I knew it would lead to this. This is unprecedented in our history. Um, nothing like this has ever happened. We had Ellis Island operating for 60 years and it was about as smooth of a process as immigration could be. You know, 15 million people came to America during that period of time. We didn't have computers. We didn't have technology. All we had is human beings with, you know, pieces of paper and pens. And that system of immigration ran about 100 times better than this one. So there's no excuses here. And I'm not going to offer any. Yeah, but we, okay, a, so what are we, what are we going to do about it? What, can yeah. you start... Well, we, can we get rid of the labor welcoming city, and then can we start with? We have to. We have to. Contr- we have to control our borders. Uh, that's not something the city of Chicago is ever equipped to do. And using my Ellis Island example, the city and municipal government of New York and New Jersey had absolutely zero to do with immigration policy and migrant management during those years that it was in operation. The same thing applies now. The, the federal government has the sole responsibility for border management and immigration management, and right, they serve their responsibility. With all due respect, they wouldn't be shipped here if we were not a welcoming city. And that's the problem. We've got to get rid of that title. How do we go about doing that? I mean, if you want change, Alderman Beal wants change, Alderman Lopez wants change, Alderman Riley wants change, then change it. The short, yeah. So here's the short-term answer, and I think it's it's within reach. At least, you know, there's a, a discussion happening right now among my aldermanic colleagues. There's a recognition that the first step, which is you know immediate, we could declare a capacity limitation to our sanctuary city status. We could say, yeah, okay, we're a welcoming city, we're a sanctuary city, up until we get to twenty thousand. You just throw a number out there for you know for the starting point. Beyond that, we simply can't take any more buses. We can't take any more asylum seekers of, of any status. We have to say that. For one thing, it's true. You know, like we, we right now we have a capacity, an identified inventory of about 10,000 shelter beds. Uh, and that's before any tents are built. But that's what we know we have right now. We have well over 15,000 uh, that we've counted that are here. So by definition, we're over the capacity that we can safely handle, and yet we're not acknowledging that. That's wrong. I mean, you know, there's, there is a limitation on what even the most compassionate social service agency can handle. 
and we're at or beyond our capacity across the board uh, and this whole this whole thing that's happening. So we need to start talking about that. We're putting a lot of pressure on this administration uh, to acknowledge that and to, and to try and establish it as a course of law that would give us the legal authority to turn the buses away or, you know, direct them somewhere else. And who knows where else that's going to be. All right. Well, so right Alderman, now, nobody's nobody's stepping up to say, yeah, we want more buses to come to our location. Well, Alderman Beal, I mean, I just I have to play this again because he's, you know, obviously his ward is near area two and they dropped off a busload of people unbeknownst to him. And that's where, and they dropped off mostly women and children, and that's where sex offenders have to check in once a week. You have sex offenders coming in and out of this facility to check in, and you still have kids and women at this particular location, and that's totally against the law. We shouldn't take any more. We don't have to take any more. We can stop the hemorrhaging. We can stop the bleeding now. We don't have to continue to take busloads after busloads. And you got a busload in the middle of night that they dropped them off at the Sears Tower. What the heck happened there? Yeah, well, we lost track of that bus driver. Unfortunately, I would uh, very much have appreciated the opportunity to interview him uh, because we do have reports that the migrants walked into the lobby of Sears Tower and were and said, we were told this is our destination. Like they, they thought they were in the right place because the bus driver had told them that. So whether the bus driver took it upon himself to just, you know, maybe he was trolling us, you know, I think I'll drop them off at Sears Tower, and wouldn't that be funny? Or someone actually told the bus driver incorrectly uh, that Sears Tower was, you know, a welcoming building and, and we could accommodate migrants in the lobby. We do know that a significant number of the buses that leave from places like El Paso or uh, Las Cruces, they're not given specific addresses. The bus driver is told, okay, take these people to Chicago. Okay, so he jumps on the interstate system, drives to Chicago, gets here and realizes, you know, they didn't tell me where in Chicago I'm supposed to take them. Chicago is a big city. Most of these drivers, you know, they're professional bus drivers. So at some point in their career, they probably work for Greyhound or Trailways or somebody like that. They all know where the Harrison Street bus terminal is, which is why they go there. You know, they're familiar with it, and that's where they go typically to discharge passengers, absent any other specific directions. When that is full and all the bus bays are taken up, they start parking on the street. And when that doesn't look like an option, they literally just go anywhere and just say, okay, guys, you know, your, your bus ride's over. Get off the bus. Well, we've and had 14 we buses in the past. That happened, and okay. that, that's how we found out about the, the Sears Tower situation. Building management called us. They, they called 911 and said, what's going on here? We got a bus of people that said they're supposed to be here, and they're not. You know, help us. Well, how long did they stay? Did they set up cots there? I'm sorry for interrupting, but did they set up cots, or how long did they stay there in the foyer of the Sears Tower? Yeah, just I think it was just a matter of hours. Uh, the city assembled a pretty quick emergency response team and, and got over there and, and got them to other shelters. I'm not even sure where they took them, but I know, you know Sears Tower as a private entity uh, had every right to say, you know, we're just sorry. We're simply not going to let you camp in the lobby, so you, you have to leave. Um, so the city responded pretty quickly and, uh, and got them to other locations. You know, hey, you come here, you get to go up that sky deck. It's fantastic. You get in, you get out. Let me ask you this, uh, Alderman, here. You know, here we are. We're talking about all this, uh, you know, the minorities are here, no matter what you want to call them, migrants, asylum seekers, whatever. 
but it's taken the ball off the other uh, situation we have here in Chicago, which is unbelievable crime. Uh, businesses leaving, uh, restaurants closing. My goodness, we lost the signature room in the Hancock. I know that's in your and ward. the Casimir Rug place yeah. on LaSalle uh, Street. Caspian it closed Rug. after fifty-six years, fifty-two years in business. What you know? It's still, by and large, a good city. I get it, but man, you've got to be worried about where we're heading here. I am very worried about where we're heading. In fact, I, I just had a meeting with my business advisory council, and the the, uh, the chief attorney for uh, the signature room is happens to be on that council. Um, and we got into a pretty in detail discussion about the effects that the perception of crime and the reality of crime. Um, you know, had on their business, uh, you know, it, it definitely had an impact. It was it was absolutely a factor uh, in their uh, ultimate decision to close. Their sales were down significantly. Um, they never recovered uh, from the pandemic. You know, when they reopened, they started to, to regain business, but never got to pre-pandemic levels, didn't even really get close. Um, and they just couldn't do it anymore. So, and, and a couple of their staff had been uh, mugged recently on the way to work. Uh, you know, it's it, there's there's no denying it. it you know, it's the, the reality is is right there before us. And every time I see someone tell me um, that it's not so bad because murder is down, oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> it's not murder uh, that is happening every day in my neighborhood. It's armed robbery. It's armed robbery sprees that are happening. And so if you tell me the murder rate is down, okay, that's good news. But that isn't an answer to the problem of increased armed robberies in a specific area of geography that's just being devastated by it. People are choosing to leave Chicago and businesses are closing because of the fear of crime. And that is a problem that needs to be solved or it, the city just uh, it can't sustain itself. When, when the people who you want to live here choose not to live here, um, you know, that's just a dire trajectory for a city. And right. we seem to be on it right now. Alderman, two more questions for you. Uh, Mayor Johnson asked Alvier Alderman to find a space for one, possibly two tents. Have you located any space at all in your ward? Uh, no, I, I did. I'm a team player, so I, I took his request seriously, and I made some calls around my ward. First of all, these things take up a minimum of two acres, and even that's kind of tight. So I represent a downtown ward that's highly concentrated. We don't have a lot of open space. I looked at the open space we did. I'm not going to mention the, the one that I got the farthest with because it's privately owned, um, but it, it possibly could have accommodated the smallest tent. Uh, and they, they ultimately said no. As, as private owners of the land, they considered it, and they, they said, no, we're not going to let that happen. That so, was near Northwestern. Um, you know, right? I don't want to. Right, Northwest. I don't want to embarrass them by, you know, naming them because then they'll be, you know, flamed on social media. But they, they considered the request, turned it down. I passed that on to the mayor's office. Um, the tents also uh, can be put on soft surfaces, but it's harder to do that. And it's actually more expensive, and there's all kinds of other things you have to do um, to secure them and make them safe if they're not on a paved surface. So a concrete or asphalt surface is really ideal um, and I, I simply don't have it. I, I don't have any place in my ward uh, that meets the criteria. And, uh, and it isn't because I didn't look. I did, and all my colleagues, are, to my knowledge, are doing the same thing. Um, everybody's trying to find locations for these things because, uh, you know, winter's coming. And Well, what about Northerly Island? Kind of, uh, of hypothermia this year if we don't get shelter. For yeah, people. what about Northerly Island? I heard that was a possibility. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big enough place obviously um so i'm not sure if that's under consideration but uh 
I know the park district is very engaged in, in this conversation because we're seeing a lot more illegal encampments popping up on park district land right now. So it's happening on, on the park district, whether they want it to or not. Um, so they're engaged in the conversation of trying to get a handle on it, seeing if there's some areas where they can make official designations for encampments and then try to get them out of the areas where they're not supposed to be. I remember we set up this hospital, too, uh, in a place called McCormick Place, but I don't want to go there. I asked Governor Pritzker about that. He said he doesn't want to affect the commerce that's coming in. Hey, uh, I am a fan of what NASCAR put together in the city last year. I I know that some people, uh, you know. Oh, I hated it. No, why? Why did you hate it? Because it was a nuisance to try and get around the town. There's a nuisance for the run that's in town this weekend, but nobody's complaining about it. I complain about those, too. Right. but Wrigley Field 5K run. uh. But Alderman Hopkins, did, did this event make the downtown money. It was one of the most watched races for NASCAR. And I think given the fact that we had all that rain and it and, and they pulled the race off, I thought that they did a nice job. What do you think about it coming back for one more year? And then I hear it's over. You know, actually, uh, potentially two more years. We'll see how this goes. But, yeah, um, the race itself was remarkable. I, I'm not a big NASCAR fan personally, but I watched that race, and it was great entertainment, you know. Even someone who isn't a sophisticated racing fan like me, I could really see the skill of the drivers involved in that, you know, navigating this, these tight turns, you know, on this non-professional surface in the middle of a rainstorm with the, the pavement wet and spin outs all over the place. I mean, they needed their A-plus game. Every, every driver who completed that race, you know, accomplished something. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of drama there. It was, it was entertainment. I enjoyed watching it. And it did reflect very well on the city of Chicago. You know, we got an international audience. Um, and every time we do that, you know, that always helps boost tourism. So there was some definite value there. However, and I'll say this, and I've been saying this since it happened, the NASCAR team who came to Chicago and under the cover of darkness in total secrecy, and that's, thank you, Lori Lightfoot, negotiated this deal with the city of Chicago the NASCAR team went out when they signed the contract that night, and they had the biggest big dinner and the, and the champagne toast. They took us to the cleaners. This deal is so favorable to NASCAR. They make all the money, and we, as a city, get all the aggravation and the cost, by the way. The overtime for the police, you know, the streets and sand uh, department having to clean everything up. We're incurring the cost. And I'm not even sure we broke even last year. You know, yeah, we got a boost in uh, hotel stays and, and restaurant stays, but it wasn't nearly enough to justify a month of inconvenience and loss of the downtown park area, loss of uh, Taste of Chicago, having to kick that out of its longtime home. Yeah, I'm so over the I Taste mean, of Chicago. We, we really incurred a lot of inconvenience so NASCAR could make a huge profit, which they really didn't share with us. Well, somebody okay. shook a hand on the deal. You can't blame him for uh-huh. that. It's, you know, we, we are, we're a capitalist society. Thank you, Alderman. Yes, thank you so much. Um, glad to have you on, and we'll have you back. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Amy. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Alderman Hopkins, and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Listen to podcasts of Dan and Amy from the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Hey, hey. 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 Ray. 
Ray Stevens and for Dan Prop. Thanks for coming in. You're very welcome. Cool uh, Friday morning here. We have a, a Bears victory. Not that I much care anymore, but uh, mourning the loss of uh, one Dick Buckus that made me. I think I, I think I think I might have got weepy over that one. Oh, I know. And he was such a, a nice man, and he he won an award because you know obviously he's a University of Illinois yeah. grad, an amazing linebacker for the Illini. Uh, won an award back in 2019. Uh, it's very a humbling deal. And, you know, and you wonder, you know, why, man? You know, I, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I, you know, I, I had fun knocking the out of people, you know. So so if it was that unusual, I guess you, you take it, you know. Chicago guy. Chicago. 312-642-5600 is our turnkey dot pro answer line. 64636, type in DA, then a quick comment, and I... You gotta have you tell your Dick Buckus story because I, I was already in, I was intimidated by him. Just real quick, oh yeah, I, I, I'd go to golf outings and he'd be there, and it was scary. Yeah, like Jose Cancelo, Conseco. Oh, he scared me too. I oh, I had to interview him once. Oh, but Dick Buckus. But then you start talking to him. He's a big teddy bear. Yeah. Nice guy. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want to line and up I against him. And I love Mike Ditka too. Coach. That guy, coach, coach yeah. is my fave. I was a kid. And, and I grew up out in the mean streets of West Chicago and Winfield back in the day. And my coach was Such a, a hood of, rat. Yeah, yeah. Man. You know, west side of Chicago. West yeah. Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Turner yeah. Junction. Um, so my coach was a guy named Bill Bishop. And Bill Bishop was an eight-year all-pro lineman for the Chicago Bears. And then he played his remaining two years with the Minnesota Vikings. He was my football coach when I was just a little guy. I think we were the 75-pound team. We were the champions that year of the Bill George Youth oh Football God. League. That's before everybody got participation trophies. Oh, no, you won. You oh, played to win. Right, you played to win. Oh, yeah. it Because you ain't first, you're last, oh, Ricky yeah. Bobby. I'll tell you right now. You know what? We were hazing each other in the third grade. Really? I'll tell you. And we were liking it. Um, but so I get, I get a were chance. Were you doing car washes? Oh, yeah. Whatever the hell that is. Yeah. High balls. We'll talk um, about that in a second. <laughs> no, so we go down. He, he, Mr. Bishop takes the entire... 75-pound Winfield Giants with our dads and, you know, some of the coaches down to a Bear game. And it was the Bears against the Patriots. We had unbelievable tickets. I think, uh, uh, gosh, Grogan was the name of the quarterback for the Pats. I was just a little guy. And uh, Coach got us in the tunnel after the game so we could see the players walk by. My father, um, who never got to get that kind of up-close personal anything to, to the teams. He's just a, you know, hard-working Chicago construction man, so we're having fun. He buys me a little football at the game, gets me a Sharpie, goes, you got to get Dick Buckus's autograph, and here comes Dick, and my dad kind of pushes me out in front of him, and he's like, I'm like, Mr. Buckus, can I have your autograph? And I thought it was going to be like that mean Joe Green moment, you know? I'm going to get his jersey. We're going to be friends. It's going to be good. This is going to be a big-time moment in my life. My dad's Got this front seat at, a, at, at the Chicago. You just can't ask for this for a kid from Brookfield, you know. And uh, he pushes me out in front of Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus takes his left hand, pushes me out of the way. He says, my knees hurt, kid. And I go flying <laughs> probably 25 feet. I fell okay. into the wall across Dude. the way. Okay, now now the fish story is getting bigger. Now you threw, you landed 25 feet away and you fell into a wall? He pushed me. I mean, I'm a kid. St- I'm, I'm, I'm a 75-pound peewee football player. What am I, in third grade? And he Pushed he you pushed out of the me. way. And you know what? He and you never got the autograph. Never got the autograph, but look at the story. And then as I met him later <laughs> on in life, you know, and I would have him on the radio from time to time, and he he knew it was coming. And he'd always be like, oh, come on, man. Don't tell that story again. 
And uh, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? If I would have had an autograph, I would have lost that dumb football. It would have meant nothing to me all these years later. Dick Butkus. I, I was in third grade, and yeah. I took a hit from Butkus, and I survived. And more kids should be able to do that. Three one two six four two five six zero zero turnkey dot pro answer line six four six three six type in da then a quick comment, um, but Buckus' death motivated the Bears. They broke their fourteen game losing streak last night. What was the final forty twenty something? Yeah, forty. It, it, and, and I they must. I, I went to bed. I don't care. I really want them to lose. I want them to play for a draft pick. They're not going. They anywhere. They always play for draft picks, and they're, it's not helping them. They're not. They're not going anywhere as a team. Eberflus is a horrible coach. Justin Fields locks eyes on receivers. He doesn't look his receivers off. He he's a one trick pony. He can run out of the pocket. You know he, he can he he's got a good receiver in, in in DJ Moore, and that's really about it. I don't I don't I mean I, and I feel bad because I he seems like a good guy. But oh, I, he I, seems like he has a great heart. But I a yeah. leadership wise, I mean no. you could be a great player, no. but are you a leader? Now, you know and for I, the quarterback position, you need a leader. The, the, the job my 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 main study now. I, I do talk radio for a station out of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Please, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, come on. That's oh, those are your guys. You now? know, oh, did you buy a Kelsey? No, no, jersey? And, 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 and you know, and I'm I'm upfront with them. They know I'm from Chicago, and they know yeah. I'm a uh, you know I'm a Bear fan. But I mean, how much? I mean, I I've I've suffered a lot with this team, and I think what really what really did it. You for sound me, like an abused girlfriend. But I I <laughs> I have been abused. <laughs> You're triggering me. I, you know what I you know what Amy? I, I think when when Kaepernick came around uh-huh. and they started to kneel, and and then after the summer of love and the NFL started putting. You know, we need more love and let's be inclusive and all that BS on the back of their helmets. I'm like, I don't tune into you guys for you to virtue signal me. You know, and, and I that pushed me away from the NFL and I'm not all the way back yet. And I yeah, I hated taking of the yeah. knee during the national anthem, yeah. all that. What a bunch of crap. But you know how this all started? Colin Kaepernick. No. Letting players wear pink during breast cancer <laughs> awareness. I am not kidding you. And I John would sit here and say, What are you, you know? You have breasts. You could have gained breast cancer. I'm like, I understand that, but I didn't want any messages to mess with my right. football. Yeah. Well, that's good. And so, and I said, well, you start doing this, that's going to open the door to changing the uniforms. Mm-hmm. Now people could put stuff, comments on their jerseys, put comments on their shoes. It all started because of that breast cancer awareness wearing pink. In the NFL. It all That's started because of Jim point. McMahon when he put Roselle on his headband. Well, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah, well, he got yeah. fined for that. But, but that, now, now it's okay to alter your uniform. See, yeah. I like uniformity because when you show up to a game well, you're and you're coach. all – Right, but you're all wearing the same yeah. uniform, all high and tight. Like you, you look tough, and it's like you can score points before the game begins because there's uniformity. Yeah. Maybe that's old school. Well, it is old school. I remember two, three years ago, the girls were like, can we wear pink socks? I go. <laughs> and then I realized, you know what? If you all wear the same kind of pink socks, yes. Do but I don't talk- want like an off pink, a few neon pink. Like If you all get the same yeah. pair of socks, I will let you do it. And do I let you, them do do it. you talk to your kids the way you talk to Pritzker? Because you probably scare the crap out of them. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. No, no, no. All right. No, no you got to be careful with them, huh? Yeah. I mean, right. I'm trying to develop character and leadership skills and good citizens as well as teaching volleyball. But sometimes you have teams where you have to teach them new skills, and other times you have teams where you're managing talent. Right. And this year, I feel like I'm managing talent. Okay. Because they're so gifted. Yeah. And we did win uh, against Taft yesterday. Nice. They're in the gold conference above us, so okay. that was a big win. So you played us. up. You played up and you won. Yeah, we yeah. played up and we won. Nice. And they hey, played can, very, very well together. I'm very proud of them. Can I backpedal for a couple sure. seconds here? I want to I apologize to the WIND listeners because this is not my radio show. 
But, but you know, I just feel like I had to bring it. I should have brought it harder with Alderman Hopkins because this is the party that's allowing all this stuff to happen. They're, they're the ones that it is a Democrat city. All you, you, you know, And we had a brilliant text here um, that, that spoke to uh, they didn't know the problem was going to be uh, of this bad. I mean, come on. How did you not? How did you not know this? There is no – this is a Joe Biden, Democrat Chicago, Brandon Johnson – Lori Lightfoot, every one of you woke aldermen that are Democrats, this is on you. No, and now, I mean, the, you know, now the, the chickens have come home to roost. And, it's, and, and, and I'm calling BS and throwing the BS flag against all these guys because now it's untenable. What did you expect? Well, you have to make Democrats feel the pain and feel the burden of their own choices. And that is what happen, is what happening as they're taking over our public spaces. Well, you know, you, you can't let activity equal accomplishment. And virtue signaling has never been more on display than it is in Chicago. We're welcoming city until you get here. But, hey, we're going to put some tents up for you because let me tell you something. If you've never been to a base camp on the lakefront in Chicago in January, ah, oh, you're going to love what it. What could go wrong? Yeah, but be here's great. the deal. Well, in that location, you're living free. So they have no rent. They get three meals a day. They have a laundry room so they don't have to pay for laundry. If they want, there is a van that could take them to and from a doctor's visit and could take your kids to school. Yeah. What's not to, why wouldn't they be coming over in droves, oh, which but, they are doing? But, Amy, don't worry about that, you see, because that's federal money. And, and where does the federal money come from? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right. Bill in Waukegan, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Amy and Ramblin' Ray. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say and back up what Ray said, that why well, don't you guys a little bit harder on this guy? I mean, it was the Democrats that made the decision to be an open and welcoming city. And now that it's now that they're feeling the effects of it, now they're backpedaling and trying to, you know, get out of this situation without really even, you know, defining what getting out means. And so, uh, you know, we get what we get, you know, and the Democrats and I hope that the people now see that the Democrats aren't really for them. They're just for each other. And they make decisions not based on any any kind of thought process. They just make decisions that that more or less just curry the, the you know, the black vote or the, the vote for the Democratic Party. Thanks right. for taking my call. Have a great weekend. Thank I love you, you guys. I, I, again, all they have to do is change the ordinance that says we are not a welcoming city. But then you have people like this. Are you ready for this? This is, this is so Chicago. We're a welcoming city. We're a sanctuary city. And I think we should stay that because what is the alternative? Be a not welcoming city? How embarrassing would that be? Oh, so embarrassing. Hey, I can't leave my house. How embarrassing would they be? <laughs> Come on over here. We got room for you. So ridiculous. Stupid. John in Lake Geneva, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Oh, good morning. Last, I just wanted to share something I heard last night about Biden's uh, true motives. He, I guess the Venezuelans uh, tend to vote Republican since they ran away from the, uh, the dictatorship. So they're going to be the ones that are going to be deported. And I think there's about a half a million of them. So uh, it kind of shows yeah, the true, true motives. They're, uh, they're going to be deporting people. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Find them first. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. Give them well, cell phones so you yeah. can track them. Yeah, right. How did that work? Oh, yeah, they gave them cell phones so that they could. <laughs> communicate with them about when their court hearings were their asylum seeking hearings were yeah you think people showed up well here you know i i often wondered how politics and the politicos were going to change and the talking heads were going to change when the 
immigrants, migrants, asylum seekers, whatever you want to call them, showed up in the Randy neighborhoods as opposed to Alderman Lopez's ward. And and I I often thought, well, when the crime gets to Naperville, you know, then we're gonna then we're uh, gonna then did we're you gonna see who was arrested with a loaded machine gun at Top Golf in Naperville. But here, but, bad dude. But that's what I'm saying is is we allow we we keep it's like condition and response. You get in the shower and it's hot, you get used to it. We're used to crime. We're used to 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 to, to little P.O.S. prosecutors that don't do anything. We have cashless bail now. We're letting all these people up here, and yet we've got people in town scratching their head. Gee, why is there crime? Why are there immigrants in our city? Are you kidding me? Look in the mirror. I mean, I'm just sick about this. So um, not saying names, but one of my neighbors, uh, she got a new used car for her son, and it was stolen right in front of my house. And when I walked, and now, remember, I should have called the cops on these guys. If I would have seen them, I would have. Um, I, when I woke up this morning and I looked outside, I saw something weird on my sidewalk. It just didn't look right. I, and I was running out the door and I parked in the garage, thank God. But I think I'm going to start uh, carrying a weapon. It, what was on the ground was the window to the car that they busted out. Oh, okay. Because my neighbor's like, oh, yeah, the window is on your front lawn. The window of her son's car that she just bought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's right in front of your doorstep. Why, well, you know, I, I don't know. Why do, why do you want to live there? I mean, I know that you're a coach. I know. Why be there anymore? Do you have to be I'm, there I'm, anymore? I have an exit plan. Yeah. Good. But the problem is, and this is a very honest answer, my mortgage rate right now is 2.75%. Call that. Why go- would I go into a situation where I'd have to pay 8% mortgage? We call that the golden handcuffs, you know? And, and people want to leave, but you're absolutely right. I'm tied. Yeah. Even if I went and rent, I mean, the, what I'm paying on mortgage and property taxes is less than I'd be paying in rent right, now right. at this point in time. And if I bought something equivalent, I'd be paying almost twice as much can't you go because stay of at, mortgage Can't rates. you go stay at the golf shack with uh, with Dan? Can't you guys shack up together? Where's that, down in Florida somewhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to live in is that where, cool. Now, is he up here now, or is he? where is he? No, he's up here. Okay. He spends, uh, you know, less than six Who are your here. guys' agents? Let me know. <laughs> I want these deals. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Hey, I feel like golfing. I want to go fishing. Well, I mean, when really? you do your show from 10 to 12 uh, for KM, what is it called? KCMO Kansas City. KCMO Kansas City. Uh, do you have to go into a station or could you do it remotely? Oh, no, I'm going into Chicago right now. I'm going oh. into Cumulus. How's that, uh, how's that track going for you? Well, you know, nobody at that radio station over there likes me, so that's interesting. Um, you know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm the only conservative in the whole place. So think about that for a second, but it's not working out well. It's it's going to be, you know, Marcus asked me if I want to do it from here, yeah. which would which would be a, a a good alternative. But I think what we're going to do free is free parking, and you don't have to commute downtown. You know, I have this lovely little villa up in Saint Germain, Wisconsin, between Eagle River and Monaco on Highway seventy, right on a lake. Oh, you know I that sounds the, I could, like the place. You know, to do I've it. already got my deer this this year bow hunting. Um, I've got so I've got meat in the fridge. I've got walleye in the fridge. I mean, I could survive up there on basically nothing, and I think we're going to have to do that. There's only one radio in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one, Chicago's Morning Answer on AM five sixty. The answer. Open mic. Open mic Friday. Call it now. Open mic Friday. All right, grab a line. 312-642-5600. That's our turnkey.pro answer line, don't you know? 
And uh, we're going to be sponsored next week, the whole half hour by Turnkey.pro. Nice. For Open Mic Friday. Uh, anything you want to get off your chest or well, talk I, about, I, partner? As we went to uh, to the break, uh, you, you, we were talking about what would oh, be yeah. good wedding songs. Right, and, for and Justin. I thought, I thought for Justin, maybe their, maybe their second song, whatever the first one is, I'm sure is lovely, uh, would be I Knew the Bride When She Used to Rock and Roll. Oh. Yeah. How does that go? Yeah. It's yeah, basically it goes, I Knew yeah. the Bride When She Used to Rock and Roll. All right. You know? Justin. What is going to be your first song, or is this a surprise? It is a surprise. Okay. Is it choreographed? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You should use uh, what I did. I used boys to men. Throw your clothes on the floor. I'm going to take my clothes off, too. <laughs> you did not. That was no, 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 no. What was your first song? Um, my you song, my back. first song was, uh, oh my God, which, yeah. which wedding? <laughs> Your first one. First one was uh, Billy Ocean, uh, Promise Me You're in Dying Love. I'm going to vomit. Can I get a barf bag? It was no, a great song. Not, no, it was a good song. Yeah. Mine was. Yeah, great um, song. I was working at, uh, back then, I was working at VON. Oh, my. Okay. What about you, Mike Scott? Didn't have a dance. Oh, God, my God. You, what, I can't work with you people. Come on. Here's can you, you can have a first dance at Justin's wedding then. Wait, wait, stop. Before we get to the couple, we want to honor Mike's, Mike and his beautiful wife, Melissa. And you guys can do a dance. No? That we, I th- uh, he took a suggestion for us for for a song, and I assume we're going to dance for that. All right, nice. what is your suggestion that you put in the RSVP? Ray will know the song. Moon is still over her shoulder by Michael Johnson. That is a fantastic song. Yeah, yeah it's to my wife. She's can the somebody best. Sing that. For Nobody. Me? Knows Justin, that song. Oh, that song. it's such a great song. I'm, I'm walking again. Moon over Miami. I'm, no, no. Moon, a, the moon is still over her shoulder. Brunch? I'm, I'm walking with with my my Bella Gina Marie, who's just fantastic. She's yeah. beautiful, good Christian, conservative girl. And we're walking under the harvest moon the other night. And yeah. I'm I'm telling her I'm like, the moon is still over her shoulder, yeah. and you know, and it, it's basically you know, and she still turns his head. She never looks one minute older. Yeah, that's basically right. what it is. Yeah, it's cool a, tune. It's a good yeah. tune. You ladies are. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. All right, just, I, I, just, you know what? Justin's going to find it. I'm sure he's working on it right now. Just make sure we don't do White Wedding by oh. Billy <laughs> Idol. Just make sure we don't do uh, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Oh, yeah. uh, let's make sure we don't do the Macarena. Oh, what's and, wrong with the Macarena? And let's make sure we don't do, uh, I don't know, anything by Mariah Carey. The, uh, the one that really turns the ladies off is Stan by Eminem. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't like that when the, when the chick's locked in the trunk. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not, that's not good. Um, I went to my nephew's wedding. It was lovely and outside of St. Louis, and I think it was in St. Charles was the reception. And um, That's a cool place, by the way. They played Toto out of Africa. Yeah. Uh, to take me left. No, not for their opening song, but they played songs oh. that I was not expecting for that age group. Mm-hmm. They played a lot of songs that. I knew. There was oh, not one song that they played that I didn't know. The young whippersnappers, they're all going with throwbacks yeah. of yeah. the 80s now. And they it like that great. yacht rock crap. They do. You know? The what stuff? Like yacht rock. Oh, yeah. 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 Michael McDonald, they're rediscovering, and they're like, oh, my gosh, he's the greatest. Three one two six four two five six zero zero. Oh, my. Why is he calling in? Sean, is that you? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm calling, it. I'm calling in to explain a couple of things, mainly to you. Because I'm sick and tired of you losing money and ignoring it because you pretend you're making money. Now, Ray, who I've never met, and I'm looking forward to meeting, 
he did something I think is very impressive. He acknowledged the fact that he wanted to, to, to call that pirate, that gypsy, that moron, pretending to be a representative of the people out for the fraud that he is. And anybody that says, I'm a team player, when the team is the responsible for the collapse of arguably one of the greatest cities on the planet, you sit in a corner with a dunce cap on, moron. But what you did expose that I really love is that all the lawyers, Lori Lightfoot, I believe she made 100000 more after she left her law firm when she became mayor so they could wash the bribes through. Half a million a year, and you got your ass kicked by NASCAR guys? That is brilliant to me. One of my favorite parts. Shook the hand. You shook the hand you on the deal. The hand, you yeah. took the deal. And then, and then I didn't know how it would turn out until <laughs> it was over. You fracking moron. Uh. In the meantime, when you're paying 2.7%, but you're losing 10%, honey, mm-hmm. you're getting your ass kicked like the alderman against the NASCAR guys. Golden handcuffs are an illusion. Don't look at the dirty paper. Look at the overall value, because all of these people who thought that they could rely on home values, they got their ass kicked over the last 30 years, 30 years. So that's important because you want to help the people that listen. You say yes. And now, Justin, you're getting married. Be the man. Be the man. How can he be the man? What should he do, Sean? You go to work and you earn, baby, and you pay. And the the song should be You Made Me Love You. Never admit it. All right. Thanks, Sean. I miss you and I love you. Goodbye. Wait, that's when you say I love you, too. Okay, fine. He doesn't love me anymore. Is that your uh, afternoon guy? That's Sean Thompson. Okay. Sean from Elmwood Park. Yeah. Your afternoon guy. <laughs> Kim in Northwest Indiana, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Oh, I was just calling because I was hoping, I mean, Ray, yeah, you did kind of touch on it, but hoping that you would press that alderman a little bit more to make him actually say that it's Biden's open border policy, which is the root cause of this immigration. And they virtue signal, you know, but when it actually comes to them, they don't want to deal with it. Now they want to stop it. But he needed to admit that it's Biden's open border policy. And is he going to then ask the president to close the border? And also, he kept bringing up Ellis Island as an example. Well, we should talk numbers because the 60 years Ellis Island was open, maybe there was 12 million immigrants that came through and our borders were not open like this. In two years of the Biden administration, what are we at? Seven million that they know of? I mean, it's it's not even more than a half million that they can't find. Yeah, it's not even apples to apples. But very good point, Kim. If Thank I'm running so a campaign, much, I'm 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 showing I'm showing uh, Trump or uh, showing Biden taking back the the deal on the border wall. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm showing the uh, the people falling off planes as we exit Afghanistan. Yep. And I'm showing this this uh, immigration crisis Crush. that we have. Yep. And I'm showing that over and over again. And I, you don't even have to say anything. Just show it, and it'll work. And people moving out of high crime cities, I would well, show that, or even some of the crime that's happening. Use Dan's scream. Video that he used for the campaign with Darren Bailey. You know, put up pictures of or the new. Uh, put up pictures of a crazy Kaplan's fireworks when they set up shop in the uh, in the signature room on the ninety fifth because the Gold Coast is going to be nothing but pop up stores. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Ruined a great city, and and you've got to remind people of that because we have a thirty second memory. 
We have a 30-second memory. The next time something shiny comes along, we forget about it. You know, what, what are we not talking about today? One, we're not talking about the guy that pulled the fire alarm last weekend. We're not talking about the speaker anymore. Now we're talking about, you know, Biden. Well, we touched on that. Jim right. Jordan has been endorsed by President Trump in case you missed right. it. Right, but, but, you know, today, this is good. This is a good day for the GOP. Get your stuff in order. You know, we get, court out, get Trump out of the courthouse where he has to do his campaigning. We stop infighting, and you might make some gains here. I know. We had the best chance ever. Dawn in Naperville, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hi. Good morning. Happy Friday to all of you. I have a perfect song I just thought of that would correlate to the politics that you're talking about and to Quinn's wedding. Um, It's by Georgia Satellites from the 80s. Uh, Don't hand me no lines and keep your hands to yourself. How about that one? Hand me no lines and keep your hands to yourself. You you will learn this, Justin. Thank you, Dawn. You will learn this, Justin. After After you get married, she will keep her hands to herself a lot more than she is now. Oh, yeah. Happens. Well, okay. Uh, Vince in Huntley, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, uh, McCarthy and the Republicans could have shut down the border in uh, January. So if it wasn't for these eight heroes that stood up against the establishment, and uh, it would still be business as usual. And I, I thought the coverage that you and Dan did the, the day of, it was disgusting. I thought it, you guys did not do that. And we didn't hammer justice. the hateful eight enough? No, they're not the hateful eight. They're the magnificent. They're, they're, I know, they're, they're magnificent. They're heroes. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, no, Thanks. they're heroes. They're, they're heroes, Amy. They stood up and they're, they're stuck. What do you have against single subject appropriations? That no, would I, stop. I can see both. I, I've got for, uh, dear, dear friends who love board. them. They're heroes. They are heroes. They save the day. The, the, the problem is, the problem Thanks, is, Vince, I, the, the problem is, is that, you know, they, I get it. You want to stop spending. Everybody well, wants to stop spending. It's all about spending. You spending in Ukraine. Right. That's the and, and, genesis and, of this. But, but here's the thing is that nothing's going to get done if, if people act like this. I mean, you can, you can pound your chest and say you love Matt Gates. I get it. Good for you. But nothing gets done that way. And, and the optics are everything right now. Our three conservative con- congr- congressional members, uh, LaHood, Mary Miller, and Bost, all voted to keep McCarthy. Okay? And right. they said because we have to focus on bigger things right now. We can gain, make tractions because of the immigration crisis, because of the economy. And we didn't do that. You sit here. You're going to sit here it again. It just showed that Republicans couldn't govern. You're and gonna... Matt Gates, as Darren LaHood said, Matt Gates. It's all about Matt Gates. Oh, and because he's going to run for oh, governor, so this is free publicity for him. There's a huge ethics uh, investigation on Matt Gates, and I'm telling you what, oh, everybody, I, everybody that's pounding take a their time, chest, take every, time to read it. Everybody that's pounding their chest over what happened last week. Let's see what happens in 2024 and see where this got you, because it ain't going to be good. All I'm right, sorry let's to tell you. Squeeze in some more quickly, Bob in Buffalo Grove. Uh, good morning, Amy. Nice to hear you uh, rambling, Ray. Love it when you're uh, paired with uh, Amy. Regarding Butzus, point of clarification, I never met him, but I'm uh, somewhat aware of his early uh, career accomplishments in uh, football. Um, Some of your uh, callers might correct me if I'm wrong, but let me offer the following. Uh, I recall Butzus playing for CVS in 1959 and 60 as CVS faced off against uh, my alma mater, Taft High, in the city for this uh, city championship. By the way, Taft won. Um, Then uh, on that team was Jim Grabowski uh, playing for Taft. 
I can't recall, it was in probably 62 or 63, Butkus met up with Grabowski again as they both played for the championship U of I uh, team. And they both then starred in the 64 um, Rose Bowl, which U of I won. Uh, then moving on, Butkus gets drafted by the Bears. We're getting the whole history here. Yeah. And, the, and then Grabowski goes to the rival Packers. Okay. And finally, too bad um, that uh, Butkus never played There's, um, for a, a winning um, Bears team. Bears had That's uh, all right. He, he liked being a lifelong career Bears player. Uh, but, Bob, yep. I got to tell you, Bob, I don't know if you heard the news, but Amundsen beat Taft and JV in two and varsity in three sets. So, to t- you took two L's yesterday at Taft High School. So, I'm so sorry, Bob. I'm going. I'll have to uh, talk with the um, principal. I'm going to be seeing him uh, next week. Yeah. I'm going. Tell him what a, an amazing yeah. program we have over there at Amundsen. All right. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. As always, our favorite engineer, uh, Will and Skokie are on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey, how you doing? The answer to this, uh, you know, problem of all the people coming across the border, start busing them up to uh, Will Met when at Highland Park, especially Lake Forest. Then you'll see some changes. All right? Oh, yeah. Thanks. That's true. I mean, we're sanctuary state. Why not? But the Grabber World or whatever. But, but, but Garda that... World. We signed a contract with Garda World. And on the contract, it says that tents will be set up in Will County, Lake County, McHenry County, Kane County, and Cook County. You know, there's a nice so golf course. it's coming, course. folks. There's a nice golf course up there. It's called Shore Acres. Oh, uh, yeah. They should put it there. Because, yeah, you know, all John these people, Howell would love All that. these people that, 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 you know, that pontificate and talk about being inclusive and and it's mostly, as he brought up, your North Shore Dems. Mm-hmm. Put it there. Yeah. Put it right downtown. Put it Highland right Park. in front of their. You know what? Yeah. Put it in their kids' gyms. Right. In their park district well, gyms or where they play. And then, no. then you'll see oh, I'd love them it. change. I'd love it. Chuck and Delavan, you're going to close us out for this morning. Good morning, Chuck. Hey, how you doing? Social director here. Uh, Chuck and Delavan, studio winery tomorrow. Colby and the leftovers. Then go to the Abbey and see the D-Light Duel. And like I said before, with the big wedding, you have to have the chicken dance, the Macarena, the Hokey Pokey, Love Shack, and Dead Stunk in the middle of the road. Okay. Uh, otherwise, the marriage don't count. So, right. you know, you guys have a great weekend, and uh, get out there and do something. I think we're going to need our long underwear next week. Okay. We are going to need that long underwear. One more, Justin. Who stole the Kishka polka? That's what you need. This is the morning show. More Chicago radio listeners are choosing. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773 467 Five six hundred to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.